You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find I'm full of surprises. It's not over yet. No. There is another. Hey there, Star Wars fans. You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for covering all the latest news, rumors, reports regarding The Force Awakens, Episode 8, Episode 9, and Star Wars Rebels, anything Star Wars and beyond. <laughs> this is on episode number 51. We've paid it to past episode 50, and we're shaking things up a bit as I'm doing the introductions for this episode. <laughs> but joining me, of course, is Kyle. Kyle, what's up? Hey, how's it going, Tim? Uh, yeah, I figured we'd, uh, I don't know, try something a little different for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, of course, yeah, everybody's still talking about the the Force Awakens trailer. It's uh, been a lot of fun these past couple weeks. I've watched it, I don't know, probably 20 or 30 times by now or something. Um, yeah, I managed to stop watching it just for a few hours to do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, so I mean, we got some more cool stuff to talk about this week. And we have a guest on this week to talk about uh, some of these new uh, character names and things like that that we're going to get into. So uh, without further ado, here is our friend Michael Cohen from uh, the Rebels podcast. How's it going, Mike? Hey, uh, I can't believe it. I, it's it astounds me that this is the first time I've been on the saga continues. I I, I swear <laughs> I, I I did another episode, but that, I think it's just because we've podcasted together so many times uh, over on Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. But I uh, and, and as well, I think I've had you guys both on the Rebels since we we started that one. So. Um, it's uh it's it's good to to talk some general star wars i'm always so focused like laser focused on on either clone wars or rebels i mean we'll we'll tend to talk a little bit of general stuff but i'm excited to just talk about whatever uh but in particular those character names that's exciting stuff this week Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems like everybody these days is laser focused in on uh, episode seven, The Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the Internet was buzzing for for a long time, kind of still is after uh, after that trailer came out. Um, all kinds of interviews and, uh, and new tidbits and stuff that we'll get to. But, yeah, I mean, the, the first big thing that we're going to talk about is uh, just this past week. It was revealed in uh, Entertainment Weekly. Entertainment Weekly, actually, they, they put out some uh, little retro trading cards uh, displaying the names of some of the new characters that we see in the trailer. Um, and so we've got, uh, I mean, the first one is the little, the ball rolling droid um, that everyone had kind of just named the soccer ball droid. But now we know that's BB-8. Uh, John Boyega's character is named Finn. Uh, Daisy Ridley's character is named Ray. Um, Oscar Isaac's character is Poe Dameron, and the hooded, robed figure with the uh, the new lightsaber is Kylo Ren. Which I have to say, I I love that name. Um, <laughs> I'm not quite so sure about Poe Dameron, but as soon as I saw Kylo Ren, I was like, that might be my new favorite name in Star Wars. Yeah, I might have to start calling you Kylo now, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, well, it's man, I'm gonna get tongue tied talking about uh, this character in the future. I'll be like Kyle, Kylo, eh, something like that. Um, but you know, let's back up for a minute because uh, on our last episode, I mean, Tim and I talked the the new trailer to death. We 
mm-hmm. covered every single shot of it. But uh, Mike, we haven't really talked to you about this. So, so you know, how are uh, what are your, some of your thoughts just on the Force Awakens? What we know about it so far, and what were your initial reactions to the trailer? Yeah, well, we were talking about about a lot of stuff right before we started recording, and uh, and I had said uh, that my hope, uh, based on what we've seen so far, is that the Force Awakens is the best Star Wars movie ever. Um, and I think uh, uh, along with that, because uh, I'm getting that feeling, like I'm getting a feeling like uh, Anthony Daniels has said it uh, in, in his own words that that he thinks this is going to be the best Star Wars, that, that we're in for a real treat. Um, and, and I just, I don't know, I got this feeling that everything we've wanted, everything that I think a lot of people wanted from the prequels, I think it's what we're going to get with this new film. Um, but beyond, beyond that subjective thing of it being the best star Wars movie, uh, I, it is definitely the most important star Wars movie since a new hope. Um, because this is the beginning of, of the Disney era, uh, for films. And it's the beginning of the post George Lucas era for the movies. Right. I mean, obviously we've been, We've been in the Disney post Lucas era uh, since Rebels started back in uh, October, but uh, Rebels is kind of under the radar and it is still very George Lucas influenced, I think, because Dave Filoni was so George Lucas influenced, um, directly influenced. But J.J. Abrams is going to show us with The Force Awakens, or I would I would venture to say that he already has shown us with this trailer that anybody can make a star Wars movie and absolutely his fingerprints are all over it. But more importantly, the, uh, the DNA of star Wars is coursing through that entire trailer. Uh, like I was saying to you guys, any star Wars fan worth their salt, the, the second that green, uh, you know, this trailer has been approved for whatever, blah, blah, blah. The second that that comes, goes off the screen, we get a black screen and that music, those strings just start to come up just that little tiny bit. Like it's almost imperceptible when it starts and you're like, oh, oh, is it starting right in that moment? You know that you're in for for a, a good ride, that that this is Star Wars and that it's back. And then. Man, when that voiceover comes in and 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 you hear that first sound cue uh, that just takes you right back to Return of the Jedi, and and now we know his name, Finn, and when Finn pops up, John Boyega's character, I uh, instantly you're like, new Star Wars, not more old Star Wars, like I think uh, a lot of people feel like they want. Right. I mean, the the expanded universe is a great example of how people wanted more old Star Wars. Right. Because stormtroopers never changed. Right. We got new kinds of stormtroopers for sure. We got dark troopers and space troopers and blah, blah, blah. But the core stormtrooper helmet never changed. I mean, all the way until the Yuuzhan Vong and post Yuuzhan Vong era, stormtroopers still look the same. But here with episode seven, right off the bat, he's not even wearing the helmet and we see the armor and it's like, Oh, stormtroopers are different. Now they look different. Their armor is updated. We see the helmet and the, and the helmets are updated. And it's like this, and you see BB eight and you're like, 
that is a new droid. It's instantly recognizable as as a Star Wars droid, but at the same time, it is completely fresh and new. And so I, I some older fans are having a hard time with that. Um, I think those of us who grew up in the era of the prequels, uh, and I, I'm a little like I'm I'm kind of in between the two, right? Like uh, I I think uh, Tim, you, you and I both like we're right we're right in that sweet spot to be OT and prequel fans, yep. right? Like, like we're right there. Like we, we, we checked out the expanded universe. We watched all, all of the movies and I think we like them all for different reasons. Right. Um, we're not, we're not in one camp or the other. Um, and, and going into this new stuff, all I see is new, exciting stuff, uh, new action figures, new Lego sets, new video <laughs> games, new, everything, new star Wars. And, uh, it kind of goes back to what I say a lot on on what I have said on Frontlines and what I say all the time on Rebels. Anytime anybody asks me, "What do you what do you want to see in in you know the next season or in these new episodes or or what would you want to want to happen?" and I always say, "I want to be surprised," right? And uh, and I think that's why BB-8 is my favorite part of that new trailer because. I expected a lot of things. I did not expect a new R2D2. Right? I didn't it, like I don't think that any of us expected that. We all from the from the get-go, the first the first thing we got confirmed for these movies is that R2D2 is going to be in episode 7, right? Like yeah. so we're all just like foregone conclusion. R2D2 and C3PO, they're in episode 7. We know that. We know that that's happening. Nobody at all for one second went Oh, by the way, there's going to be a new droid that you're going to fall in love with. So the second that I saw him, it was just like, there we go. This is what I want. Like, that's what I want to see in new Star Wars. When those two blades come out of the side of, of Kylo Ren's lightsaber and that lightsaber itself, the beam crackles and has that sort of electric surge that goes along it. And it's a different sound and it's new. That is what it's all about for me. And that's why I'm super excited. This, I think uh, it's the beginning of a new era of Star Wars, which is why it's important. But beyond that, it is everything's there. All the pieces are in the right places. But then there's all of these new flavors just being added to it. So it's like J.J. Abrams just got to stand on the shoulders of of George Lucas and Irvin Kirshner and Richard Marquand and Ralph McQuarrie and and I mean John Williams is is doing the music so so that kind of stays consistent but like all of these uh, uh, even like Doug Chang and uh, and and Dave Filoni and uh, uh, everybody who has had their hands in Star Wars J.J. Uh, Abrams gets the benefit of seeing everything that they've done and then getting to take the next step. I mean, if you if you say to me that that new lightsaber isn't in some way influenced by the darksaber uh, in, in the Clone Wars, then I think that you're an idiot because it, it, you see that in the Clone Wars and that is signals to everybody else making Star Wars, not all lightsabers need to be the same. They don't all need to be uh, blue, green, red or in one instance purple right like they can actually be these other things they can actually be uh, uh 
interesting and visceral like this one is and they can say a lot about a character right and uh, and jj abrams is sort of taking those lessons to heart and putting them on screen and that's what i'm excited about that's why i think this is going to be one of the best star wars movies i mean it, it everything looks like it's going to be perfect of course the caveat to that as always is these are the exact same things that we were all saying when episode one was coming out, right? <laughs> I mean, flashback to 1998 and the same conversations were happening. Maybe not on the same scale because we didn't have social networking. We barely had the internet. Uh, but the, it, it, it was still the same conversations going on. We were looking at double-sided lightsabers and saying... Some people were going, oh, that's dumb. And other people were going, no, this is the coolest thing since the lightsaber. Right. So. Yeah. So I don't know, like it, it, it could go the other way, but uh, uh, maybe it's the Superman fan in me that just wants to be hopeful. Uh, I just look at it and go. Worst case scenario. We get to see some X-Wings in the Millennium Falcon in action. Right? Yeah, like, exactly. Like that if that's your worst case scenario, then I'm pretty sure this movie's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Right? Because I don't think it's gonna be worst case scenario. I think it's gonna be fantastic. But I uh, I don't know, like we we gotta we gotta talk about these character names because I think there's a lot of information to be gleaned from those. I think it's a people are kind of taking them at face value. And I think that might be a bad approach. I think that that I uh, that we might actually have a lot of information just from the very small amounts of actual information that was, that was given out uh, by releasing those character names. So if, what, how many characters, five character names? You've got yeah. five character names. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, obviously BB eight doesn't tell us a whole lot. I'm like, does the BB stand for basketball beach ball? I don't <laughs> beach know. ball but, I think <laughs> is what is, is the way that I've taken that. Yeah. No, okay. And then he um, is an eight, right? He's kind of a little figure eight. He's a little head on a little, little circular head on a big circle, right? So oh, I think that's yeah. where that oh, name came see, from. See, I didn't even catch that. I think I think I think the eight is also super eight. I think that right. they yeah, JJ be, because because R2 D2 is is what real two dialogue two, right? That's yeah. that's where his name comes from. So I think uh, I think JJ Abrams wanted to throw because uh, that was like a that was a, a technical jargon that George Lucas, being an editor, wanted to throw in there as sort of like his like this is this is my my contribution to R two D two right like this that's his it's sort of his his fingerprints on there and I think J J Abrams wanted to do the same thing so yeah so well, yeah, he, at least he as threw far the as Super my, Eight moniker on there at least as far as my understanding with the uh, the real two dialogue two or whatever it wasn't so much that he knew that was a term and was like, oh, I'm going to name R2-D2 that because it's going to be my kind of little wink and nod to editing terms or whatever. But it was like, he, I think it was maybe when he was working on American Graffiti and he was like working on Star Wars and just happened to hear someone say, hey, hand me R2-D2. And he was like, you know, that sounds like a good droid yeah. name yeah. and just kind of ran with it. But um, yeah, I mean, I didn't even think about that either. Like that could be a reference to Super 8 for sure. But also if you draw an outline around the outside of this droid and then you know take the droid out, you're left with an 8. So... Yeah. Um, I'm sure that, uh, that's probably part of where that comes from as well. But I think, um, I mean, maybe part of what you're talking about as far as gleaning some information from these character names, um, I mean, we've got Poe Dameron and Kylo Ren, which, you know, sound like first name, last name, unless Kylo Ren is like a two part 
first name or something like that. But uh, then we just have Finn and Ray. Um, and I'm like, well, they're giving us some last names, so why aren't they giving us these characters' last yeah. names? You know, they, they could be, I don't know, it could be like Star Wars equivalent of Madonna or something like that, where they just don't have a last name. But <laughs> I think it's more likely that there's, uh, you know, there's some story-related stuff in there that they're trying to keep under wraps for the time being. Mostly, um, which, I mean, we've been talking about this for, for a long time, and this is, uh, you know, something that's not new to the rumor mill, but... Um, I, I think a lot of people at this point are still assuming that Ray is going to be Han and Leia's daughter. Um, yeah. But I, I was sort of surprised that they left out Finn's name too. I'm like, oh, so is he going to be related to uh, to someone we've seen before? I mean, obviously the the obvious jump you can make is is he going to be Finn Calrissian? Um, one which has a nice ring to it. It does it, have a nice right? ring to it because they both end in that in that end yeah. in that hard end, right? So yeah. Um, but then another interesting theory I've heard because they've talked about how, um, rebels is going to connect to episode seven and the other movies beyond that, but it won't be like huge direct tie-ins where you have to watch rebels to see, or, you know, to get what's going on in episode seven. Um, you know, obviously I don't think any of these characters are going to be like main characters in rebels or anything like that. But, uh, there was that character, uh, Zara Leonis, I think the, the yep. Imperial cadet that was with Ezra in, uh, in the breaking ranks episode. And people were like, Oh, well this could be his son. And I'm like, I mean, on the one hand, that's kind of a stretch because we don't, we have nothing to, to actually point to that aside from their skin color. But at the, you know, on the, at the same time, it's like, it's very plausible, um, and I think that would kind of be a cool little tie in between the two to just sort of suggest that they're, you know, they're, they're part of the same universe. Yeah. Um, and so that this, can, can I, can I throw in, I'm going to throw in two theories with these two characters. Okay. Yeah. Go for uh, it. So first off, I'm going to, I'm going to lead with Ray. Uh, I don't think that's her actual name. I, I think that there's a I think there's a Ben Kenobi situation going on there. Uh, every, all of the the rumors are leaning towards the fact that you you guys have talked about that leaked concept art, right? Yeah. Okay, so I I I don't like I don't know if it even qualifies really as a spoiler, but if it is, you know, I guess you've been warned. But I uh, there's this leaked concept art of a hovel built out of a uh, a fallen ATAT. Right. And there's like all these sort of little things um, uh, around it, like sort of junked uh, uh, ships and speeders and that sort of thing. And her her speeder that she's on definitely leads to like sort of it shows uh, uh, that that might be a a part of the situation because it looks like it might be a pod from a pod racer that's been retrofitted into a ship. Right. Into a speeder. But which is why it looks so odd. It's got a fudgesical shape. Um, I think that Ray is Han and Leia's daughter. I don't think that Ray, I don't think she's Ray solo or Ray Organa solo or whatever. I think that Ray might actually be, it might be short for something or it might be like in the same way that Obi-Wan turns into Ben, can old Ben, right? Like that's sort of, you, you see where, you know, at some point, Obi-Wan said to somebody, what's your name? And he said, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And they went, old Ben Kenobi. OK, whatever. <laughs> uh, and and that's how how that sort of uh, legend built up around that character. I think in the same way as a legacy aspect um, that that this is that that, that uh, this character, Ray, is in some way related to to Han and Leia 
and that um and that whatever's going on between those two characters uh that there's issues and for some reason she's on Tatooine and she's kind of like like she's distanced herself from everybody else the the reason why i say that is because we have to have some reason to bring han solo into this story um and as well as Leia and, and eventually Luke. And I think that that's going to be our thread is that uh, whatever happens in the end. Cause I think all we've seen really is, is, is mostly uh, the beginning and then a little bit of the end of the movie um, in that, tr- in that teaser trailer. I think that that's going to be our connection is that, is that, that Ray, when her true identity, a lot like Padme is revealed uh, that we're going to find out that she's actually uh, connected to these other characters. So I, I honestly think we're going to be sitting through at least half of the movie before we find out who she actually is. So, it, you know, we're going to have to wait a while, not just until the day that the movie comes out, but until about probably an hour, maybe an hour and a half into into December 18th, 2015, before we find out that, oh, no, wait, she's actually She's actually uh, uh, Han Solo and, and and Princess Leia's daughter. Um, my other theory, and this is this is one of those fanboy speculation things. So you know, take it with uh, 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 a gigantic salt lick. Uh, uh, but the name Finn actually does exist in the Star Wars expanded universe, and it exists with a character who uh, goes on to sort of become a Jedi in training. Um, and that character is Finn Galfridian. Now, in the comic that he's from, which is the Invasion comic book series that he's the main character of, uh, there's obviously a very big physical uh, dissimilarity because Finn in the comic is just another blonde-haired white dude. Um, but I I think that, that maybe borrowing some of the legacy of that character, um, that name... Uh, in particular, maybe like nothing else. It might just be that they borrowed the name and they don't want to put Galfridian on the end of it because they don't want people drawing conclusions based on that. Um, but then like when you just say the name Finn Galfridian, it's it's a fantastic name. Right. And uh, I don't know, it's 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 one of the best EU names, I think, that that's out there. I mean, there's that and and Kyle Katarn and uh, Coran Horn. Like those three Jedi names, it's like, oh yeah, those guys are clearly Jedi, right? Like they're they sound like Obi Wan Kenobi or Qui Gon Jinn, right? So, um, I don't know. I th- I think that 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 might might be a possibility. I think it's a long shot. Uh, I think maybe the 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 link to Lando Calrissian is probably a closer. <laughs> I, I like it. I'd give you better odds on that. I still don't think that that's what the that that's what the character's name is. I don't think he's Finn Calrissian. Um, and uh, I don't know if he's Finn Leonis either. I mean, there's definitely a possibility there. Uh, it seems like in Rebels, they're dropping hints that, that Zare is going to be an important character. He has his own miniseries, a, a, a series of, of uh, uh, young reader uh, novels as oh, well. Okay. So, and I haven't had the chance to read it yet, but uh, hopefully when I do that, that might actually, uh, I shed some light on that, but, but I don't know. I, I I think that as rebels goes on, we're going to see more and more links to episode seven. But one thing that they can't do is show those links now 
and take thunder away from episode seven. Right. It's going to it's going to be a thing where once episode seven, uh, like we're finding out now that that Disney with the with the theme parks, they've been waiting because once episode seven's out, they can put all this episode seven stuff in it. Um, it's, it's the same sort of thing. Once episode seven hits, all of these connections to Rebels will start popping up. They'll, they'll just start coming left, right and center because they'll be able to start making those connections. But um, so that's. That that's my theories, and then Kylo Ren being named Kylo Ren confirms that he's not a Sith, because if he was a Sith, he'd be Darth Kylo Ren or something. Yep. Right? Oh yeah. But, uh, he's a he. He might be a Sith fanboy, which is one of the rumors that we've heard. Uh, basically, like a, a Sith cult, um, which is very meta. <laughs> uh, fans mm-hmm. of the Sith within the Star Wars universe, <laughs> but uh, uh, he's just a very enthusiastic 501st member. Uh, but he could also <laughs> be. I mean, he could be someone who becomes a Sith. It would be like Absolutely. if you, uh, you know, if you came out with a, a Revenge of the Sith trading card with yeah. Anakin with, you know, the red eyes and igniting the lightsaber to kill the little kids in the Jedi Temple. And it said Anakin Skywalker under it. It's like, yes. OK, well, at this point, he's Darth Vader, but yeah. he's also Anakin Skywalker. So, yeah, um, I think. No, yeah, it, I, I think you're dead on with that. Like that. But that's kind of what I'm what I'm getting at is like he's not a Sith yet. Right. Just like just like uh, uh, Luke. He, he, he Luke walks into Jabba's palace and goes, I'm a Jedi Knight. And then everybody laughs at him. <laughs> I think it's the same sort of thing, but flipped with the Sith, where this guy's going to be like, I'm a Sith warrior. And Luke at some point is going to go, you're no Sith. I fought Sith. You're not a Sith. Yeah. Right. Like there will be a moment where somebody has something to say about that, where this guy is going to be like, I'm Kylo Ren, Sith Lord. And it's like, if you were a real Sith, you'd have a better name. <laughs> yeah. Not that not that there's anything wrong with the name Kylo Ren, but it, it it's not Darth Tyrannus or Darth Maul or Sidious or Vader, right? Like uh when he becomes Darth Wraith or something like that, then okay, yeah, then he's a Sith. But I when like he's just name. walking around, oh, I'm Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren could be a spice freighter pilot, <laughs> right? Like a Kylo Ren could be anybody in the Star Wars universe. I know I'm kind of preparing myself too, where maybe he might ever get the title Darth. We might not get any Darth character not. in this yeah. movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Whether he feels like I'm not worthy to have the title of Darth or it's something they don't want to bring back. It'd just be like a whole new thing we're not expecting. Or <laughs> yeah. It'd be a totally different type of like Sith faction where they're not going to have the Darth title. Maybe he's a Yuzan Vong. Ooh, how cool would that be? <laughs> yeah, well, and I mean, Mike, I agree with what you were saying earlier about how, uh, you know, as much as we get excited for like, oh, I want to see new X-Wings and new lightsabers and this, that, and the other thing, like, I want to be surprised, too, and I just can't yeah. wait to see what kind of stuff is going to be in this movie that we don't see coming, and so, I mean, Tim and I have speculated, this, speculated about this a lot as far as who the new villains in this movie are going to be. It's like, are there still going to be some you know, some other Sith Lord out there? Is it going to be someone who can use the force and they turn to the dark side and just, you know, study the dark side and the legacy of the Sith and everything. And they take it upon themselves to become the new Sith Lord. Or is it going to be a a dark fallen Jedi who you know turns evil, but doesn't necessarily try to become a a Sith necessarily. Or, you know, there's so many other force sensitive factions, you know, Dathomir witches or even the guys on Mortis or anything like that. So, um, you know, lots of, of, uh, cool possibilities and stuff out there. And, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm calling it right now. If, if, uh, if Andy Serkis's character is in fact, uh, a wrinkled old alien man, uh, that he's an inquisitor, he's not the inquisitor. So I just want to be abundantly clear on this. We know Dave Filoni has said it. And I think Killian Plunkett may have also said it as well. Um, there's more than one 
Inquisitor. We refer to the Inquisitor on Rebels as the Inquisitor, but there are Sith Inquisitors out there. And I think that if, if this is a very big if, uh, if that voice, that voiceover that we hear, which we know is Andy Serkis, is uh, a bad guy, he is the one pulling the strings uh, and sort of running the Empire, I'm pretty sure that he'll, it'll turn out that he's a Sith Inquisitor. And that's why there's dark Jedi running around because this Sith Inquisitor has, has been, uh, I, I, you know, I training new, new, uh, force users. And that's why the lightsaber is not quite right. And that's why, uh, he's not named Darth something he's named Kylo Ren. Um, that would make a lot of sense to me. Uh, and that might be one of those connections to, rebels that that we've heard about so that's a that's that's my other thing but i put a big if on that because i don't think that his character is necessarily a bad guy uh nothing about what he says in the trailer indicates that he's evil and if you tell me that a gravelly voice means that he's a bad guy it's like well then i guess that we all assume that yoda's also evil because he has a pretty <laughs> gravelly voice too along with a lot of other jedi masters so uh he could he could just as easily be an ancient jedi master uh maybe he's a tree that can talk uh maybe he's a <laughs> bunch of different things that's from dark empire uh, oh see, i'm were... immediately thinking either tree beard or group <laughs> no, uh, there's a character. There's a character in the Dark Empire series. I, I, they, that's basically a talking tree that is a Jedi. Um, yeah, I know too. There's so. been some rumor reports too about some alien. There were even the concept art, some alien creatures that looks like the characters are going to take the lightsaber to. And me and Kyle speculated about what that scene might actually be, where maybe he, maybe not necessarily a Jedi, but he's this new alien creature is force sensitive and he knows he could feel something going on in the force. And when they bring yeah. him that lightsaber, he says, there's been an awakening. Can you feel it? Doesn't necessarily mean he's evil. So it's possible. There's a lot of people thinking where Andy Serkis could be the big bad guy pulling the strings. But like you were talking about too, I do think it's possible too, where he could just be playing some type of ancient alien creature who's force yeah. sensitive and knows what's going on. Yeah, I think I think he's that. a Yoda like character. I think that he's going to be the one with all of the answers of like where is Luke Skywalker and all that, but I don't think that he's going to be good or evil necessarily. Just yeah, sort of like I I I he's I, to use the George Lucas uh terminology which he borrows from Joseph Campbell, I think that his character is the frog on the side of the road, right? Which is what Yoda was. Right. That that character that it's like when you look at them, you go, oh, that's just some alien. And then you discover that actually this is the wizard. Right. Like this is the person with all of the answers. And had you not been discerning, you would have passed them right by. But because you are a Jedi or you are force sensitive, which I think that John Boyega's character will be, um, then then you 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 discover the secret, right? Yeah, but at the same time, I think, I mean, when when you said you don't think he's going to be necessarily good or bad, I mean, Yoda was that same sort of role in a sense, except ultimately he was on the side of good, being yes, a, a former absolutely. Jedi and all that kind of stuff. And I do think with this character, I mean, you're right that just having a, a sort of gravelly voice and everything doesn't necessarily mean he's a bad guy, but I do think... I mean, maybe it's just my interpretation, but it definitely sounds like there's a more sinister quality to it. So I still think he definitely could be a villain, or if he's not, I think he's at least going to be a little bit more 
um, you know, morally ambiguous sort of shady kind of character. Um, you know, the, the character that maybe gives the heroes information or helps them along, but you're thinking the whole time, like, is this guy leading him into a trap? Is there more that he's not telling them? Is there any sort of ulterior motive here? Um, I mean, I, I can't wait to ultimately find out, obviously. And we could be completely off. This could be the voice of some ancient Sith Lord talking to Kylo Ren from a holocron on how to build his new lightsaber or something like that. I don't know. But, um, I, I mean, I, I definitely think, yeah, like you said, obviously everybody is uh, is assuming that this is going to be a bad guy, sort of the new Emperor Palpatine type character. And I think it would be a cool twist if it ends up being something different. And it wasn't, but I still think it's going to have some sort of... Um, maybe malevolent quality to it, or at least sort of leaving us wondering if, uh, if that's the case. Mm. But, uh, I mean, that, that's just the voice from the trailer though. But Tim, we didn't really get to hear your thoughts on uh, some of these new character names. So what did you think about that? Yeah. First off, I was surprised too. <laughs> we got this reveal and how it was too. I just love how it was kind of throwback to those old vintage, like top trading cards. I thought that was a cool way to do it. It was totally unexpected. Cause I kind of had the feeling of, we got the trailer that might be it for the year. Cause that's a pretty big thing <laughs> that we got to see footage from the movie. So, so this is another bonus too, but getting character names and I was hoping maybe some little details, but character names I felt was going to be the next step of information we were going to get. And just from before we even got this, I had no like pre like type of thinking where I, there was names that I wanted to be like, or kind of had my mindset on something that make sure it, these names are like this and they're familiar to like how Lucana Leia or Obi-Wan are like, I just, just give me the names. I'll, I'll <laughs> judge it and be happy with it once they get revealed. And yeah, they were totally unexpected. I mean, I wasn't expecting Finn, Ray or Poe Dameron and Kylo Ren, but yeah, to me, they still feel like Star Wars names. And pretty, once we see the characters and we see the movies, they're just going to become so familiar to us, just like Han, Luke, Leia, Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, Anakin, all that stuff. So, but regarding the names, some of the speculation I had going on is just the two that stood out to me were Ray and Kylo Ren. And there's a lot of speculation or pretty much everyone believing too. And I kind of, I fall into this camp too, where Kylo Ren is actually Adam Driver's character. And we know, cause there's also speculation that this character could have been maybe uh, a female character, whether it's Gwendolyn Christie or Lupita Nyong'o, but the card says Kylo Ren ignites his lightsaber. So we do know it's a guy and a lot of, People were saying how his build just kind of looks like Adam Driver's and the way he moves and all that. Even though I haven't seen Adam Driver or anything, so I'll take the people's word for that when they say it's like how he moves and acts. So, but regarding their names, there's also been rumors too, which I kind of like too, where there's still possibility that Han and Leia could have two children, and maybe they're separated for whatever reasons. But the thing that kind of got me on the names was that there's Ray and there's Ren, and even though he has the Kylo in front of the Ren, maybe it's something that it was added or he put there and maybe his real like first name is Ren. It just got me thinking of Luke and Leia, how <laughs> their two names were began with the same letter and they were siblings and maybe we'll get it revealed later on where Ray and Ren can possibly be related as brother and sister too. And I kind of like what you were saying, Mike, too, regarding Ray, how I don't think we're going to find out her true identity until later on in the movie and I think the reasons they actually specifically left her and Finn's last name off these cards for a reason. They don't want to reveal it too much. So I'm totally in agreement with that. But I still have a feeling, too, that there could be offspring, maybe Zohan and Leia, not necessarily Luke, but two offspring from the original trilogy characters that are going to go on totally separate paths. And then maybe they're going to come to head on, like in a 
collision course in a battle where they're going to come to blows in some way because we've seen those concept art where it looks like that is going to be. But I don't know. I just got a feeling that <laughs> the Ren and Ray thing is, could be something where it could have a little bit connection to the Luke and Leia sibling connection there. So I don't know. I could be wrong, but this that's the part of the speculation I had with their name. And I just still like that idea of, of the having like a two sibling rivalry because mm. the, the original trilogy, Luke and Leia were never a rivalry. They were both on the side of good and to have one on the side of evil and one on the side of good can be pretty interesting to see. And I know it's probably you found the reason thinking like, oh, Jason and Jaina, because that's what happened there. But it's not too far out there to think that that could be the next step as far as like a different story theme to play off of. Um, as far as like having two siblings being like the main like protagonist and the antagonist instead of like the father and son as we got in the original trilogy. So just a different aspect of the stories that I think could make be something pretty cool. So yeah, Ren and Ray, those are the two names that <laughs> got me thinking about the possibilities of what their possible connection can be. But at, at the same time too, it could be something where it might not get revealed right away. Maybe it's something they're going to save for episode eight, just like uh, Darth Vader revealing he was Luke's father. So we might not get all the answers in episode seven. And if we don't, we not necessarily mean that that's still not the case. So it might be a while till we fully find out yeah. what the relationship between these characters are going to be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely a cool possibility too. Um, and I mean, I, I've, well, we've heard all, a lot of speculation leading up to this, you know, it, it's been assumed for months now that uh, Daisy Ridley's character was going to be named Kira. Um, and now that this has come out, I mean, I still see people in certain things I read on the internet refer to her as like Kira Solo or Kira Ray Solo or something like that. And I'm like, kind of jumping to conclusions there, but at the same time, yes, there still might be more to it than, than what we know so far from the names. I mean, I've seen so, people be like, oh, so it's going to be Kira Ray Solo and Kylo Ren Solo and they're going to be siblings and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Like there, that, that right there lends itself towards what Tim's saying, right? Um, I think the other thing about the name Kylo in particular, not necessarily the Ren part, but Kylo is that it's four letters uh, and there's an L and a K and a couple of vowels. (laughs) Y is kind of a vowel, but, um, and I don't know if it's not possible that that is actually Luke, that, 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 the uh, dark Jedi might actually still be Luke. Um, Cause that's one theory that people have put out there because his, his, his outfit is very similar to uh, talk about dark empire before. It's very similar to the way that Luke looks in dark empire when he becomes a dark Jedi. Um, so I don't know, like there's a possibility that Kylo Ren could be some sort of Luke Skywalker sort of, I, 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 I don't know, like his his dark side persona, right? Like uh, in the same way that a Sith takes on, you're no longer Anakin Skywalker, you're now Darth Vader. Because Luke's not necessarily Sith if he turns dark. Uh, he could be this other thing, right? Like so so maybe his, mm-hmm. he, his name just changes. Because um, maybe he went into seclusion in order to save, uh, you know, to, to protect the galaxy from his darkness, and then, like, because he knows that it's in there, right? I mean, he confronts it when he confronts the Emperor Invader, and and it almost overtakes him. And so, what if after Return of the Jedi, he looks at himself, he looks at that hand, and he goes, "This is I'm too powerful, I'm too dangerous." Uh, the the Skywalker bloodline that that 
that courses through me can't continue. I have to go into seclusion until the day that I die. And in that seclusion, he goes crazy and he becomes this other persona. And I, and so sort of in the same way that I, I tying in other EU stuff, um, the, the, the Thrawn trilogy that Joris Saboth and Jorus Saboth and Luke and Luke, right. With that extra vowel sound, I, that same sort of idea of, of what happens if, if you take a good character and you drive them a little bit crazy and then they turn evil, right? Like they, they, um, the instability of that lightsaber might be representing the instability of that character. And if that's the case, then there's a possibility that it is actually Luke that, they, they um, there may be some makeup appliances to go along with that scraggly beard. Right. And we might see, you know, I, I, I can picture the reverse on that shot and it being Mark Hamill with that beard and a little bit of makeup and, and those, you know, the, the yellow and red eyes like Anakin, right? Like it's a, it's a definite possibility. It's still on the table. That might be why we don't see his face. Right. So yeah, plenty of rumors and reports about that would live possibly being even not necessarily evil, but having more of the dark side persona in this movie. But Mm -hmm. the only thing that kind of, at least for this specific shot of the character, that kind of makes me not think that, was that this trailer was specifically showing off all the new characters. Yes. I just think, too, that they're showing off the new villain in this this new trailer, too. They're showing everything new. And part of me, too, I don't want to see Luke using that lightsaber because I want to see Luke fight this person using that lightsaber. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. Same here. But also, I mean, I've... I read an interview with somebody and I can't remember who it was, but it was either an actor or a filmmaker who was working with Adam driver on like whatever project he was working on when he got cast in star Wars. Um, and they were like asking for this person's opinion on the trailer and stuff. And they said like, yeah, I know him pretty well and I've worked with him and you know, we talked about star Wars and yada, yada, yada. And I'm pretty, I, I I'm pretty sure I remember whoever this was saying like, I would bet you 50 bucks that that's him in the trailer. Like I would put money on it because I know his, you know, his, his acting style and the way he moves and his, uh, you know, his height and his build and everything, like, I'm sure that's him. Um, and also, I mean, I I like what you're saying, Mike, about, you know, Luke being super powerful and going into seclusion and, and sort of being afraid of his own power. But then I think instead of him going crazy and turning to the dark side, like, he might go a little bit crazy, but then I think it's going to be the new characters who go to him and sort of pull him out of that to help them fight Kylo Ren and whatever this new evil is. Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely lean more towards Luke remaining a good guy because I think that that, that is keeping with the legacy of, of of the story that's gone before it, right? I mean, you don't want to kind of come back 30 years later and then go, oh, yeah, you remember how Luke, like, he, he overcame the darkness in order to, to defeat the emperor and, uh, and, and free his father? And, like, you know, that's the reason why, why Vader turns from the dark side and comes back and, you know, is, is Anakin Skywalker again. Uh, yeah. We're disregarding all of that. Luke turned into a bad guy, right? Like, I feel like that would be, I, I don't feel like that would be the best way to go, but I'm not taking it off the table. Like I'm not prepared to say that that's not what's happening. Right. So I don't know. I, and there could be some, some aspect of Adam driver and Luke and, and Mark Hamill sort of portraying the same character in a certain uh, uh, element right um I, I don't know like who knows it's uh you know if jeff bridges can can play 
himself in his 20s and in his however old he was when he when uh, he filmed Tron, I then, you know, I, I they can do a lot of things these days. They can do a lot of different stuff. So, uh, no, I do. But I do lean more towards uh, Luke being Obi-Wan Kenobi, being in seclusion um, in order to protect the galaxy. But then. I sort of them them coming to him and saying like oh we need your help and then him taking I I either either John Boyega or Daisy Ridley's characters and uh, and and saying like oh well you the force is strong with you let me teach you right um, if it is if it is Ray that ends up being taught uh, the ways of the force then uh, and she is. Luke and, or sorry, Leia and, and Han's daughter, I think that that might be a source of conflict. I think that might be a really big issue because I, I, I think that uh, the life that Luke led and uh, and the sacrifices that he's made uh, is not something that, that a parent would want for their child, right? So uh, I think that there might be an element there of like Luke training this person knowing their lineage and knowing that they're not supposed to be trained, but then doing it anyways, that might create some conflict and some drama within the solo Skywalker clan. Right. Um, that, that could, that could be another aspect of it, but I don't know. I'm leaning. I, it changes daily, right? Like every day I kind (laughs) of like think of new things and go like, well, maybe it's actually this character. I would like for Daisy Ridley's character to be the new Jedi because I would like to see uh, a female character take center stage in a Star Wars film. Um, I think that, that it's 2014 and it's important that something like that happen. Well, you know, but, I think she will because in in another one of those pieces of lead concept art that we saw, it was clearly her with a lightsaber fighting, or not necessarily fighting, but either you know fighting or running from her in some sort of confrontation with, uh, I don't know if it's Kylo Ren or some other uh, villain-type character, but... Um, I mean, it could be a situation like Han on Hoth in Empire Strikes Back where he's the only one around and there's a lightsaber that needs to be used, so he's going to pick it up and use it. But And you get the feeling from that shot um, that it it certainly looks like she's a a Jedi preparing to fight someone. Now, again, Tim and I talk about this all the time, how just because it's in the concept art doesn't necessarily mean that that's part of the finished story. But um, I, I still think, you know, that's something to go on there. Um, at the same time, it is possible that, that John Boyega's character could also be a Jedi, that Finn could be a, a new Jedi character. But who says there can't be two, you know? Um, it, yeah. They could uh, you know, end up going on this journey together where they both are sort of discovering the Force and, and uh, however that ends up going. The other thing, I mean, when you're talking about um, coming up with new stuff and, and thinking new things daily, there was something else I wanted to just kind of throw out there um, because I haven't heard a whole lot of people speculating about this or whatever, because, you know, people still are assuming that Ray is going to be Han and Leia's daughter. Um, and I had gotten used to the name Kira that we kept hearing over and over again. I'm like, Kira Solo. Okay. I could go with that. And then when we find out her name's Ray, I was like, okay, well that's different. And then for some reason I realized that I, I think Ray Skywalker rolls off the tongue better than Ray Solo does. And I was oh, really? like, I'm kind of the opposite. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, there's another possibility. Um, you know, who said Luke couldn't have, gotten married and had a kid at some point during the past 30 years and then something happened i mean maybe 
uh, you know, whatever it is that caused him to, to go into exile and uh, be afraid of his own power was something that had to do with, uh, you know, hurting his own family or something like that. And that's why he doesn't have a, a marriage Jade or some other kind of wife in this movie. I'm, I don't know. There's still so much we don't know, but it's just one of those things where I was like, well, we're all assuming that this is Han and Leia's daughter. And I think it is safe to assume that there is going to be some sort of lineage from the Skywalker uh, bloodline in here, but who's to say it couldn't be Luke? Well, that brings up actually another theory that I've actually discussed with my uh, friend Paul Herman from the Star Wars of Friend podcast about the possibility of Finn because of his uh, last name not being there. We talked about this as far as the story themes, as far as Luke not necessarily having a child or like a wife, but what if he adopted someone, had an adopted child? Because going back to kind of Lucas, the way he writes, kind of writing, even maybe all writing, is writing from like your experiences and what you know. And we know Lucas had three adopted children and maybe one of the new th- uh, steps or themes for this new trilogy was not necessarily like biological children, but maybe adopted children. And maybe Finn was maybe someone Luke took in. And then there's a bunch of stuff you can get into how that might contradict certain like reports we've been hearing as far as him having the lightsaber, not knowing what it is. And they're trying to find Luke. You'd think if he was adopted son, he'd probably know. But unless he's been gone for a while and he's been separated from Luke for a while. But re- regarding all that stuff, just the idea of maybe Luke having an adopted child, I think when I, we were talking about that, this kind of made me think, realize that that's something that could be a distinct possibility. And there's something I never even thought of as far as having just a new way to have a relationship instead of just, you know, father, son, father, daughter, and all that stuff. But also going, I wanted to go back to, to what we were talking about, uh, Ray and how, as far as Luke, maybe being the one who's going to train her. And that's going back to another conflict that could be pretty cool. I think is for if Ray and Kylo Ren are siblings where you can have it where one of them, if they're both siblings and children of Han Solo and Princess Leia, where, they, they're both Force-sensitive, but one kind of doesn't want to go down that path, but she should. And then you have Kylo Ren, who really wants to be a Jedi Knight and live up to his lineage, but maybe he's just there's too much anger in him, and he's too leaning to the dark side, and Luke doesn't change him, but he really wants that, and that kind of makes him go bad. But then, then Kira, or... <laughs> see, I already messed up on Kira. I'm <laughs> so used to that. Rey going kind of reluctantly having to accept her responsibility as like being someone as part of the Skywalker lineage and being force sensitive to kind of go through that training for the greater good of the galaxy. Just kind of have one reluctant, one wanting to, one on the good side of good and light and the other on the bad and the dark side. And then they come to blows some point in this trilogy. I just think that sibling dynamic, I really <laughs> don't want to get my hopes up just in case it's not what the movie plays out to be, but it's something that, I kind of really think would be a, make for a cool story and a cool theme to cycle throughout this three new movies in the sequel trilogy. So we'll see again, just <laughs> all these names, giving up all these possible speculation and theories that we're talking about is so cool that we could have all these great discussions on just these five names that we got, but the possibilities are just so endless when you just stop and think about it and talk about it. Yeah. I mean, there, there's so much that could be going on. And even, I mean, what you guys are talking about with the whole family conflict thing there, um, I mean, my thought on it would be, I mean, I, I think it would be pretty cool if like, you know, like you're saying, if, if Ray is Han and Leia's daughter, then maybe when she was younger, um, and you know, Luke could like sense the force in her and Han and Leia were like, no, we don't want her to you know grow up from a young age being a Jedi and get into all the same kind of peril and stuff that you did. Um, and so instead, you know, she, she grows up, goes off to, be a junk dealer on Tatooine or whatever she's doing. Han and Leia grow apart. Luke goes into seclusion and, um, you know, eventually she gets to a point where 
she meets back up with Luke again, whether they're, you know, searching for him to, to fight Kylo Ren or to learn the ways of the force or whatever it's going to be going on here. Um, and then she could be like, okay, well, yeah, my parents told you not to train me as a kid, but I'm an adult now. They're not together anymore. I'm here. I'm my own person and we need to do this for the greater good of the galaxy. So like, come on, uncle Luke, teach me, teach me. Like, I, I, I would imagine her as more of sort of like the energetic, um, you know, enthusiastic type, the, the one that everybody else is like, no, this is too dangerous. And she's like, I want to learn the ways of the force. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, just so many cool possibilities there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've pretty much talked these character names to death and speculated on a whole lot of possibilities. Um, so let's, uh, let's move on to some of the stuff that came out after that. Um, and like I said, a lot of this has just been sort of the aftermath of the trailer, people's reactions to it, interviews regarding it, all that kind of stuff. But there were two interviews that Mark Hamill did, uh, one with IGN.com and one with Yahoo movies where, um, he's talking about, uh, I mean, everything from from the trailer to just being back in Star Wars in general. But um, I, I mean, especially the, this interview with Yahoo Movies, I just loved reading this whole thing and, uh, and seeing his whole reaction to, to being back in Star Wars and seeing the fans' reactions to it. I thought it was kind of funny. He said when the trailer came out, his favorite part was actually watching not the trailer, but uh, like the reaction videos that people post on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, he, he said it just brought him so much joy to see new Star Wars making people that happy. Um, and he was like, yeah, I forgot how happy this stuff makes a certain segment of our population. And I'm like, on the one hand, I'm like, how do you forget that? Like, you've been at Star Wars Celebration. You see how... <laughs> insanely fanatical some of us are but um at the same time i mean it's cool just to to see him happy not only about being in star wars but just uh, you know he's he's glad at everybody else's reaction to it um and uh yeah well i was just gonna say for me the the, the ign interview was cool yeah reading how he loved the interactions or seeing the fan reactions for that but the thing that kind of got me uh intrigued i guess you should say as part of his comments for the yahoo interview where he goes on to say they asked him a question about the trailer but then he goes on to say how like what he thought the movie was going to be this is what he said he goes i rightly assumed that it would be our story because we had a beginning a middle and end this must be our offspring and our current and the current generation with us there leading the kind lending the kind of support that peter cushing and alec guinness did in the original i just find it maybe i'm reading too much into this but i don't think so because <laughs> he says I rightly assumed, kind of meeting that the story he had in his in his head for a while, because you know Lucas told him about the sequel trilogy when he was making a New Hope, how he would want to bring him back as the Obi Wan Kenobi a character again. So, you know how Mark Hamill is; he loves these type this, the story of Star Wars and just all these type of mythological stories. So you couldn't can't help but think when you're him that these all these ideas are popping in his head, just like we speculate. I'm sure he was speculating when Lucas was telling him all that stuff, and to say that he rightly assumed what he knew in his head that possibly what episode seven is going to have what he was thinking this new trilogy is going to be that what we're talking about having off certain characters being the offsprings from the Han Luke or Leia and then how they're going to be in a supporting role which kind of lends to the stuff what we were talking about maybe not not right away be there because there's a report that you know we talked about him being in hiding was it going to be like kind of crazy or a little bit more to the dark side or whatever but i think eventually by the end of the movie he's going to come to that point where yeah he is going to be that obi-wan type character in the end and help train the new characters who are going to take on i guess the mantle as far as being the next generation of jedi so just the way certain wording that he's gave that answer to just kind of maybe think about that so the stuff that mark hamill 
kind of generally thought this story was going to be probably, maybe not all of it, but certain strong themes are what he expected to be, that being the new generation being their offspring and how they're going to be the supporting characters. So I did find that answer to be kind of interesting. Yeah, and I mean, I thought the same thing when I read that. Um, I was like, oh, offspring, so there there is going to be a family connection there. And at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. Um, you know, I, I kind of like your idea, Tim, actually, that, you know, he could be Finn Skywalker. Like, that would be a, a surprise twist. But, um, I mean, definitely I'm expecting at least Ray to be either a Skywalker or a Solo relative in some way. Um, and then, you know, possibly Kylo Ren, possibly Finn, we don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, there, there's always been this theme in Star Wars of strong family ties and family relationships and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, but, yeah, yeah I mean, it's... BB-8 is was actually a practical uh, prop to use on set. Yes, and I called it. Yeah. I mean, because we've heard them talk so much about the the emphasis on practical effects and sort of old school filmmaking and not just using CGI for everything and how they're going to do that in this movie. Um, and so, yeah, when I saw BB-8 for the first time in the trailer, I was like, that could be CGI, but knowing what we know about how they're making this movie, I would bet that that's probably a practical prop. And then I've seen so many people online being like, wow, ILM is so great. Like, look how realistic that CGI droid looks. And I'm like, guys, I don't think that's CGI. <laughs> and uh, yeah, here you go. I mean, I'm sure for some shots, like if he's getting lasers shot at him or something, you know, they they'll probably use a, a CGI model. I, th- I think parts, the but. shot where his body splits apart into sections and those little circle areas open up and uh, and the little legs pop out like on a buzz droid. Uh, <laughs> I think that'll probably be CG in between, but then it'll go back to practical. No, I, yeah, I, I mean, uh, BB-8 from, from the get-go, I, it, whether he's CG or, or practical, now we know that he's practical, I, it, that 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 looked that like that shot looked perfect regardless right so i don't yeah. care like um people people get really caught up in that whole thing of cg versus practical and it's like i don't get me wrong i love practical i also love cg because like a godzilla wouldn't have been a, as cool a movie as it was if it didn't use a lot of cg they've yeah. made godzilla movies with practical suits they look kind of cheesy. Oh, Toho's yeah, making sure. one, right? And I guarantee you in 2015 or 16 when it comes out, I think it comes out in 2016, uh, maybe 2015. But when that comes out, we're going to look at it and go, yeah, cool, good for you guys. But um, the one in that other movie, the American one, actually looked real, right? Like it looked like a real animal. It looked like a computer animated real animal, but it looked like a real animal. Whereas yours looks like a dude in a suit punching some miniatures, right? Um, so, like, I, I, I think that there's room for both things. And I think that those X-Wings and the, uh, and the Millennium Falcon at the end of the trailer prove that, right? But, but BB-8, regardless, is, is looking awesome. So I, he'll be a mix. He'll, he'll have both aspects for sure, um, just like R2 does in the prequels. I wonder if they created a prop that was actually like a soccer ball or something that the crew and the cast played around with the set <laughs> on their way to shoot. Well, it sounded like from from what Mark Hamill said about it, it sounded like it was remote controlled. Yeah. Right. That that it was an, a, a a droid just like R two. Uh, that that it could be controlled remotely, and and uh, and there's a lot of ways that they could do that. 
right? Um, it's it's not impossible to to believe that that it that 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 that's him you know like it's it's not it's not an impossible thing it's it's absolutely within the realm of science to build that little robot he might not do anything other than roll around and look cute um and they'll have to add in all the cg things that make him do stuff but i mean just you know there's gyroscopic stuff that they can do mechanically to get him to work so Mm -hmm. who knows we'll eventually we'll get to see that behind the scenes stuff and see just how he came to life yeah maybe oh, there's yeah. actually some green screened out uh third or fourth wheel action going on right like like he's got two other wheels on him somewhere that that allow him to stay upright but uh but they're they're uh optically removed right like that's it that's also entirely possible yeah and see that's what i was thinking at first too like just watching the trailer for the first time i'm thinking oh that they maybe have this thing like rolling along a track or something and then they just went and matted that out in post-production but um i mean from the way mark hamill's talking about it it sounds like this is just a, a sort of independent little free rolling little thing that you can remote control and wheel around um and i mean i agree with you mike like i i definitely think there are some things they have to use CG for, and I'm looking forward to just some of the cool you know, space battles and lightsaber fights and all that kind of stuff that are going to be really enhanced because of what they can do with the CG technology nowadays. But I, I think especially for, for things like this, for a practical little droid, um, to to have that thing actually be able to like roll around and interact with, the, with people in scenes as opposed to just sort of having a little uh, you know, a, a prop, thing sitting there that doesn't move and then in post-production they make it move around or you know add in a cg one or something like that i think just little stuff like that is going to add intangible qualities to the movie that you can't really tell but the the fact that the actors are going to be on real sets interacting with real droids and not just you know a soccer ball stand-in um you know it's like it's going to make them believe it which is going to make us believe it um and, and again i can't really prove that because when we watch the movie it's like we're not going to be able to tell it, you know how they were feeling it's like is is that just how they were how, how they would have done their performance anyways or is it better because of the practical stuff yada 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 but um i mean I, I really think especially from some of the stuff we've been hearing about the actors and how like oh yeah it's cool to be on these actual sets or even people like kevin smith who've gone and visited and they're like yeah i was actually on that that life-size set of the millennium falcon that they built um, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it just makes me excited thinking about this stuff and hearing about it. It's like, they're actually building pieces of the star Wars universe to film star Wars in, as opposed to just sort of building it behind them on a green screen. So yeah. I think that kind of stuff is just going to add little in, in, in small amounts is going to add like even more greatness to it. Yeah. You know, Mark Hamill is all for that too. How he was saying how he, even before it was announced that he was cast in the movie, I was hoping that there'd be a nice blend of CG and practical effects. So, I'm sure he was definitely pleased to have a little BB-8 <laughs> to play around with on set. Yeah, of, absolutely. Like, and it, nothing there. Yeah, I mean, in these articles, you're saying, like, yeah, it was so much fun, and I was just so happy to be back on the set of Star Wars and playing with the droid and, and uh, just back in this universe. So, And every time I hear somebody like that get excited for it, it just makes me that much more excited yep. <laughs> for it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we've got an interview with Oscar Isaac as well. He's done a couple interviews talking about what it's like to uh, – to of course you know be in Star Wars the general experience of the movie and stuff but now that we've seen the trailer everybody knows he's an X-wing pilot and he was talking about um, you know just sort of what it was like filming those scenes and uh, how he's done a little bit of flight train or did a little bit of training on a flight simulator and stuff like that so 
Um, again, they're still not revealing too much information at this point. So a lot of these interviews, there's not a whole lot to be gleaned from it. But I think it's um, the funny part, though. One of those interviews, he was saying how Harrison Ford actually like asked, "Hey, you ever want me to take you flying? Like, just let me know." But that he never did. He, like, he never took him up on that offer yet. <laughs> I think people were kind of giving hard like, "How could you not take Harrison Ford's offer up to fly you around in his place? <laughs> oh, my schedule wouldn't allow it." But <laughs> I just thought that was funny. It was cool that Harrison Ford at least offered that to him. Yeah. And at the same time, I can understand how they never got around to it because they were too busy shooting scenes with <laughs> flying the Millennium Falcon instead of an uh, airplane not, or helicopter. Not to it. mention that one time where Harrison Ford broke his ankle for and was yeah. laid up for. Like, I'm sure That's that that probably had a lot to do with it. Everybody's like, like, how could you not do that? And it's like, um, do you remember that part where a door crushed his leg? I'm pretty sure he was like, yeah, I'd really like to take you up in my uh, in my helicopter, but I. Uh, my legs broken, so <laughs> yeah. no, not right I, now. I, I'd like to right. take you flying, but I can't exactly climb into the cockpit. Yeah, I'd like to take you flying, but I'm having a hard time with walking right now. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure that probably played a lot into it, right? Like any free time that they would have had was affected by that because then, you know, he couldn't do anything then, and it probably condensed the schedule. My 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 guess is that is that after that when they came back to shoot it was a little bit tighter than it would have been yeah. before. Yeah, so. probably. Um, yeah, but I mean, like like I was saying before about how how much of a buzz about this trailer has been going on on the internet and stuff. Some of the first uh, you know rumors and things to come out after we saw the trailer were about when are we going to see the next trailer? When are we going to see the first poster for the movie and stuff? Yeah. And, and part of me was like, come on guys, really? We just got the the first one. Like I can wait. I wasn't even expecting a trailer this year. Um, I mean, I had said it many times before on this podcast that I didn't think we'd get our first look at footage from episode seven until celebration next year. Yeah. Um, and then also it turns out that might've actually been the case originally because, uh, I've seen some other recent interviews with uh, Bob Iger, who's the, the head of Disney, and he was like, "Yeah, we weren't we weren't originally planning to release a trailer this early, but because there was just you know so much rabid interest and demand from fans and you know speculation and rumors, and uh, of course you know I'm sure with all the leaked concept art and stuff that's been coming out, I'm sure they'd like to stop that. So um, you know to to keep people from being quite so uh you know hungry and ravenous for for information and stuff they're like okay here we'll give you a little teaser to to whet your appetite for now um so i mean yeah if that hadn't happened maybe we wouldn't have seen anything till celebration next year but um yeah i mean we've got this uh, this article on slash film they're talking about um how we'll probably see the next trailer for the force awakens with the avengers next year which Again, no surprise there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe that'll be the thing at Celebration Anaheim because that'll be in, well, like middle of April and the Avengers comes out in May. So maybe we'll get to see the next trailer two weeks oh, before yeah. everybody else. I guarantee you. OK, so this is this is one of my uh, this is one of my classic guarantees that I'm known for <laughs> over on Rebels and Frontlines. I guarantee you right now that if that trailer is going to be released with uh, with. Avengers 2, which is the first week of May, then we are most definitely getting to see it at Star Wars Celebration. That timing is far too coincidental, right? Like I, I much like Obi-Wan, I don't believe in coincidences. I don't believe in luck. Like there's a logic to the decisions that these studios make. And uh, and Star Wars Celebration being placed right where it is, <clears throat> it's placed where it is because they are going to reveal a crap load of stuff 
for for episode seven. That is why it's taking place in the first half of 2015. What they release at episode at, at Star Wars Celebration uh, in Anaheim is going to be the first big push to market this movie. And it's going to start then and it's going to continue all the way through until December. Because uh, you have to remember, like, think back to episode one. Uh, about, about, like, eight months ahead of time, all of a sudden, Star Wars Insider, every single issue was about episode one. Uh, every yeah. every news article that you would read was about episode one. All like E.T., uh, like Entertainment Tonight and everything had, you know, like, oh, check out this new thing from episode one. Check out this new thing. So starting in the at the end of April, uh, we're all going to get first looks at stuff. And then uh, soon after, probably that next week, like I, I, I post Avengers we're going to start getting just news after news after news. And then it'll probably hit October. And that's when we're going to start finding out about action figures and toys and all the stuff in advance of Christmas. Cause you don't release a movie on December 18th, especially not a star Wars movie without having all of those toys out. Yeah. <laughs> for Black Friday. Oh, yeah. That that's definitely going to be out before the movie. That stuff is going to be on the shelves for Thanksgiving next year, guaranteed. There is no way that they get around that because so which means that at that point we will have all of the character names, full names, probably we'll have a whole bunch of details about the movie. We'll probably know a lot more this time next year than we do right now. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. No question about that. Now I hope that some of the stuff with the toys and everything isn't like too spoilerish. You know, I, I really don't want them to release yeah. a, an action figure. That's like Finn with his hand cut off from final battle. And I'm like, yeah. great. Thanks for telling me what happens when the movie doesn't come out for a month. I think they learned their lesson with the episode one soundtrack. So I think that I, I think that if there are aspects to the action figures that are like that, if there are things that will give away plot points, I think that they'll probably stay away from those in the first waves. I think all they got to put out for like in, in the lead up, it's, it's perfect, right? It's episode seven. You put out a wave of seven figures, right? We already know who five of those characters are. And we already know who three more of them are. I guess that's eight, isn't it? Yeah. I, well, except I, that BB-8 is small enough that they could probably package him with package him in with something. Yeah. I so yeah. I th- I think that you can put out you you could probably put out uh, Finn and then you put out Ray with BB-8 because it seems like those two characters are connected. Um, and then you'd have Kylo Ren, Poe Dameron, Luke, Han, and Leia. And if you put that out as your first seven figures and you put them out in a way that alluded to the, the, the 1977 holiday mail away thing, right? Like how many figures were in that? There were four figures in that, right? I think so. Yeah. I think it was like a four figure set. If you did something like that, I collectors would go nuts. So Hasbro, uh, Lucasfilm, as always, I'm available. Like, I don't know why you haven't hired me <laughs> because I could be making you millions and millions of dollars. But uh, yeah, well, I'm sure you would have uh, been able to get us some Clone Wars action figures from like season four and five and not the season three figures that were coming out during season five. Oh, I absolutely have done that. The fact that there is not an Obi-Wan Kenobi figure in Mandalorian armor is a travesty. Right? Or, a travesty. <laughs> How does that. 
how is that not a thing? How like did we got we got Darth Maul with chicken legs, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, I've and got did that. Did you ever get the second version of Darth Maul? No. Well, okay. The the we only saw version that I... figure, but it never actually came out, right? No, it came out, but it came out after they they let the Clone Wars line die off. So it's like a two pack with him and Obi Wan. But yeah. it's it's them from the Clone Wars in like their Clone Wars outfits, but it's done in a more realistic style. Yeah, that's so his face looks like style. movie Darth Maul and not Clone Wars Darth Maul. Yeah. And it's like the five ninety nine figures with like you know their their shoulders and hips move, and that's it. Yeah. You know, you can like I, you know swing I, his I, arm forwards and backwards. You can't spin his wrist or bend, bend his elbows or anything like that. I haven't leveled the gun at at uh, Hasbro in a while. Because we just there's not been anything to talk about, which is half of the problem. But I uh, Hasbro's just doing a terrible job. So I'm really hoping that with episode seven that that they're about to turn this all around. Because uh Rebels has been out since October and it's still hard in Canada to find Rebels figures. The Disney store has them, and I just started seeing them in Toys R Us last week. So the fact that it's been out since October, we're talking about two months and, and still like the Sabine and Hera figures are nowhere to be seen. I have not seen a picture online of somebody buying them at a store. I've heard reports, but I haven't actually seen any proof that they're on the shelves anywhere. I don't know if you guys can tell me any different. They're definitely not in Canada yet, which is making me very angry. Like the way that Hasbro has been dealing with rebels and the way that they've been dealing with star Wars in general, with the exception of the six inch black figures has just been the worst. Uh, I, I think that they're doing a terrible job. I think they're doing a terrible job with all of the properties that they, that they represent, but star Wars, most of all, I mean, those are the rebel figures that they are releasing are terrible. Uh, the sculpts are really nice, but they don't do anything. They don't have any articulation. So I'm really yeah, hoping exactly. that episode seven will be different, that that we'll actually see some cool stuff again. Yeah. Let's all well, hope they have that talking chip like the episode one toys is. <laughs> I, I would think at least for the episode seven figures, because they've got out – I mean they have like two different series of figures out right now. Three if you count the six-inch black, the, the six black series, but they've got like the, the three and three-quarter inch like mission series or whatever – um, and those are like the $5 ones with like the very little articulation that is you know more aimed at kids and, uh, you know, it's not for collectors who want to like put them in, you know, cool poses and stuff. It's for kids who are going to take them out, play around with them and throw them back in the toy box. Um, but that's what the Rebels figures are coming out in. And then they've also got like the three and three quarter inch Black Series line. And those are like the $10 ones that are, um, you know, I guess what like the legacy figures used to be. Um, you know, where they're, they're the little bit nicer ones that have more articulation to them and stuff. And so I would assume that that would be the line that, uh, that episode seven figures would come out in. Although I'm sure by that point, they'll have sort of redone the, the marketing and the packaging and everything. And it'll be its own separate line of episode seven figures. But, um, yeah, I, I certainly would think that, uh, you know, they, they want to make as much money off of this as possible. And even though kids are going to buy up the figures and, you know, parents are going to buy them for the kids for Christmas and all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure they're aware of how many Star Wars collectors are out there and they know people aren't going to be happy if, uh, you know, their Kylo Ren action figure, you can't pose him. So that he's got both hands on that lightsaber that looks like a broadsword, you know, and it's just like, yeah, I, I, I would at least, I mean, maybe that's just maybe wishful thinking on my part. I really hope they don't, you know, go cheap on us with those, but, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Certainly, uh, 
hope that that'll be a better situation in the future. Yeah, I've been out on a collecting loop for so long now that I, I'm planning to get back into at least what the new Force Awakens figure is. Though. Like I said, hopefully they're good figures how I remember the, the old school one used to be. So we'll see. But yeah, like hopefully it's something where they're out on time or like a good amount. And then I'm also thinking too where kind of like what they did with episode one, they released like the preview figure of, I think it was a battle droid. That was like the very, I think it was the first look we got on the battle droid, like sneak peek at the new Star Wars movie. Yeah, on the, do that on, the, on the staff. Yeah, that, that was the first thing, and then the second thing was the mail away Mace Windu figure. Yeah, that's with right. the yeah. blue lightsaber. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they yeah. they used in the Jedi Tower video game like <laughs> before Episode Two. We had the blue lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. but uh, and yeah, Mike, I can't even tell you if uh, if Rebels figures are on the shelves down here because it's been a while since I've really gone like hunting for collecting stuff because I used to do that a lot with Clone Wars, probably like during seasons two and three. Um, cause I didn't really start collecting Clone Wars figures till probably like the end of season one. Um, and then for a couple of years there, I mean, I would go to Target and Toys R Us like all the time and, uh, you know, look for like the rare cool figures. And if I couldn't find one of those, I'd pick up a, you know, Commander Cody or a Super Battle Droid or something that I didn't have yet. Um, and then after a while, like, you know, after maybe like a couple of years or so, I just started getting burned out because, you know, this wave would come out and it would have like three or four cool figures that I really wanted. And I'd go to the store and they'd have like the the same ones from six months ago or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm like, man, I'm just wasting gas driving around to all these stores and none of them have any of the new stuff that I want. And then I look online and of course, you know, the figures are like ridiculously overpriced because nobody can find them. And so like, I still don't have the, the season three Ahsoka from Clone Wars cause that's going for like 45 bucks online now. And I never found one yeah. of those in stores. So I, I never, I have never actually seen a season three Ahsoka in person. I've never seen one of those figures. And that to me, like that's, this is one of the problems with star Wars that, and with the way that it's marketed to kids that they, I really hope they start correcting. Um, and I think that Disney is starting to get the message because, uh, because of all of the sort of uh, fan outrage surrounding the Sabine and Hera figures and the fact that they weren't part of the initial wave. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's like, this is a serious problem that they need to address with with the force awakens i uh, there better be female characters as action figures in that first wave or there's going to be a serious problem not just so that girls can buy figures of girl characters because there are girls out there who want to buy action figures but because like that that's just the way that it should be for everybody to buy whatever action figures they want it shouldn't be that only male characters exist that shouldn't be a thing Right. Um, but for some reason, with Star Wars and and Marvel figures, that's primarily the case. You know, it's like uh, you can get Captain America and Falcon, but you can't get Black Widow, even though she was a very important part of that Captain America movie. Like there's no Black Widow figure from that that film. So like that, that's a, or at least not to my knowledge, not that I've ever seen on the shelves. And it, like that's a that's a problem. Right. That's a problem that Hasbro. And Disney, along with Lucasfilm, need to address, um, and and hopefully it does get addressed before The Force Awakens. Yeah, they have plenty of time too to make sure that's yeah. not the case because they yeah. heard the backlash, like you said, with the Rebels. So there shouldn't be any reason that we don't get a yeah. a Ray figure in the first wave or whoever else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, even with Rebels, it's like 
you know, I, I know people are upset that uh, that they don't have the Hera and Sabine figures out yet, and they should because you know those characters are part of sort of that main core group of characters on that show. But it's like. Um, you know, Kanan and Ezra really are the main characters of that show. So it's not like they released a wave of Star Wars action figures without Luke Skywalker. Whereas on the other hand, if Rey turns out to be, you know, a Jedi character and sort of the, the central character of Episode 7, it's like you can't leave that out of the action figures. Um, sure. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's like common sense would tell you they wouldn't do that. But then looking at their track record, it's like, well, you never know. But, yeah, hopefully they learn. Well, common sense where if you're making – uh, Winter Soldier action figures would tell you that they need to make a Black Widow action figure. But as far as I know, when I go into the store, all I see are Captain America and Winter Soldier. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like they're the only ones on the shelves. Like you don't even see a lot of Falcon um, for whatever the reason that is, which I, I won't get into. But um, yeah, it's it's a weird thing with action figures. Uh, it, toys are really like the one last place where they still they act like it's still 1970 um and that you know uh, girls play with dolls and boys play with action figures right they play with their the gi joes and star wars guys so it, it's i don't know there's this weird reluctance and and companies that promote it like hasbro and toys r us with uh you know all of the the girls toys being pink and all the boys toys being blue um, I mean, when you walk down the, the, the aisle, the, the, the boys aisle at a Toys R Us, almost all of the action figure packages are blue or green. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and then you go to the girls aisle and it's all purple and pink. So like they, they draw this really clear line. So I, I don't know. It's, it's entirely possible that they're, that they've still got their heads up their butts when it comes up to stuff. It comes down to stuff like that, but, but we'll, we'll see. I, I really hope that it's going to be different. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, And then, uh, so yeah, I mean, we've got rumors about when the new trailer is going to come out. We've got also rumors about uh, when we might see a first poster for the film. Um, And this was a report from Jedi News on December 12th. So like like the end of this past week, um, saying that they think coming up next week, so that would be sometime this week, that we might get uh, a first look at the poster for the movie. Which I find kind of hard to believe unless it's just sort of like a, a really basic poster with maybe like the, the logo of the movie and like a star background and um, I don't know, maybe that, that red lightsaber sticking up or something. Um, I definitely don't think we're going to get the sort of the full poster, like the Drew Struzan artwork with all the characters and stuff like that. Um, I, I don't think we're going to get that a year ahead of time. Now, on the other hand, the the one way I could see this being plausible is because maybe even though we just got the trailer, maybe they want to do something to commemorate like on uh, on December 18th. Be like, hey, guys, here's something else Star Wars related because the movie comes out exactly one year from today. Um, so, I mean, maybe they'll release something then, but again, I, I can't see it being something that detailed. I think it would probably just be some court, some sort of teaser poster, maybe with like a picture of one new thing we haven't seen before. But I mean, I, I find it hard to believe that when the Avengers Age of Ultron comes out in May and the only poster they've released for that so far is still just the one with like the A logo from the first movie, except it's got the same sort of, I mean, it, it looks like Ultron skin basically. Um, it's like, I, I don't think we'd be getting some sort of detailed character poster for star Wars at this point. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if we did get one soon, too, because with the prequels, we usually got with the teaser trailer, the teaser poster, too. And like you said, probably just something simple, maybe not even a character on there. Just maybe, like you said, the lightsaber or some other type of object or ship, maybe just the Falcon that says The Force Awakens. So it can kind of line up to how those are marketed. So in Star Wars posters, at least I remember with the prequels, there was usually two of them that we got. So it might be the same with that. So. It would be cool if we do get one next week. Just another thing to cap off what we got starting with the trailer, the trailer, the character names, and then it know, would. So. Uh, it would definitely. Let's see. I uh, we got the Force Awakens trailer on a Friday, and then we got the character names. Did we get them Thursday or Friday? Thursday. We got them Thursday. So then uh, the eighteenth is Thursday again. Yeah. So I, I, I think like that would be three weeks in a row, essentially, right? Where they're kind of like, here you go, here you go, here you go. Yeah, the 18th um, is a one-year wait, like the official one year to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so I think actually that – I think it makes a lot of sense. And I, But I do think that it's going to be a teaser poster. It's going to be uh, – if you look at Disney's marketing and the way that they do stuff, it's going to be a lot like that Avengers one where it's going to be – Maybe the Millennium Falcon. I think that that's like the most that we could hope for. It's going to be some imagery or iconography that we saw in the trailer. If that, um, it's not going to be anything new, but it's going to be really cool. And it's going to be everybody's iPhone wallpaper. So <laughs> we'll, get ready we'll talk for about it for two hours too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, that's something else. And this wasn't even like uh, sort of one of our main stories that we were going to touch on in this episode, but just, I've been seeing a lot of, uh, of posts on different websites over the past couple weeks too, saying like, Oh, you know, the force unleashed trailer just came out and already people are doing all this cool fan art and uh, you know, check out all these pictures. And so I've already got two different pieces of, uh, of fan art from the force awakens as my two different wallpapers on my iPhone like the lock screen and then the home screen, I've got two different sort of fan-made posters set on there. So, um, yeah, if something official comes out, if it's got, you know, some cool imagery and stuff, I definitely would download that and use it for, uh, you know, either my phone or a desktop wallpaper or something like that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I kind of would be surprised if they didn't release anything on, uh, on the 18th. Um, but at the same time, yeah, like we're saying, if it's a poster, I I wouldn't expect it to be too much. Um, just sort of a a teaser with something simple on there, but we'll see. That's only four days away now. So, um, we'll find that out by the end of this week. Also, I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to see the, uh, the new Hobbit movie in IMAX on Tuesday night. And, uh, I'm almost more excited about seeing the star Wars trailer again in IMAX <laughs> than I am for, for seeing the Hobbit movie, even though I'm pretty excited about that too. And watch it's the one movie they don't attach it to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I would be so disappointed. <laughs> nah, I'm sure it'll be, you would think anyway, if you guys were like the last big movie of the year with that. But. Oh, yeah. No, I'm definitely planning I, on it. But to the movies, plenty of time expected to see a trailer I'm looking forward to, and it wasn't there when I've heard it was. <laughs> I could never be too sure. It's always the worst, right? When you yeah. go just for a trailer and then it doesn't show up, and you're like, uh, when I when I went to the theater to see The Force Awakens trailer, uh, everybody knows it's the same week that, that Jurassic World hit, right? And uh, and we're sitting there waiting for for Mocking Jay to start, 
and uh, and it's going through all the trailers and it's all these trailers for all these, uh, you know, YA uh, young adult novels that are being adapted into movies like Insurgent, Divergent, Disurgent, Virgins, <laughs> whatever crap, right? Um, that's, it's, that's very uh, reductive. But in any case, um, I love the Hunger Games series, so I, I like that sort of stuff. But um, I'm, I was very upset because we got all of those trailers and then the Star Wars trailer plays right before the movie. It's the last trailer and then the movie starts and and I was like, oh man, that was so good. Everybody clapped when the trailer was done. It was fantastic. Okay. Um, everybody's so excited for it. Uh, and then the movie's starting, and, and and my wife Crystal leans over and goes, "Well, they didn't play the Jurassic Park trailer." And I went, "Oh yeah!" <laughs> like I was really upset afterwards because <laughs> I really wanted to see that on the big screen. Yeah, but it would have been a good uh, combo to new. That's what I thought, right? Is like you play the Jurassic World trailer as an appetizer and then you go into the main course which is uh the force awakens right but yeah <laughs> but no such luck <laughs> hopefully it works out better for you kyle yeah. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, and me definitely. too i'm not gonna see it in INX, but i'll definitely be seeing the hobbit this week too so yeah no it would be cool to see that jurassic park trailer on the on the big screen too yeah but, i'd really like to um but yeah i mean as long as in fact i was just talking to my sister about this the other day and i was like man when we go see this like what's going to be the best part and i'm thinking because one thing that i i feel like always gets sort of uh you know that, that's not the biggest uh, reason that people go to see imax movies but that's an awesome part of it nonetheless it's not just the huge screen but also like the that intense surround sound system that they always have in there um in fact we went to see interstellar in imax and we were like sitting in the back row under the speakers and it felt like i was getting an mri for half the movie but uh i was like man hearing the millennium falcon over those imax speakers or then hearing hearing the lightsaber at night or hearing those x-wing engines come in for the first time so yeah i'm I'm getting myself all hyped up for that so come on movie theater old buddy don't let me down (laughs) um yeah so i mean in addition to all the the trailer and poster rumors and stuff, we've also got uh, a new uh, concept art—not concept art necessarily, but a sketch from uh, Tom Hodges, who's a fairly well-known, I guess, Star Wars artist. Um, and we we saw another post like this from him uh, back a few months ago, um, before we saw the the final designs of the new stormtrooper helmets, and he had seen them and uh, done a sketch based off sort of a quick glimpse that he had gotten. Um, and now he's done the same thing for whatever the new TIE pilot helmets are going to look like. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, you can see this, this sketch that he's done. Um, the, the sketch that he did for the new Stormtrooper helmet wasn't exactly like how the final one looked. So I don't know how close this one will be, but it, w- it was pretty close. Um, like I, I went back and saw that picture again after having seen the final designs and I was like, okay, yeah, it's not exact, but it's, it's kind of close. I can see where he was coming from. So, um, I think, you know, if you see this new TIE pilot helmet design, it, uh, kind of gives you a, a little bit of an idea of what this might look like as well. Um, and yeah, Tim, I don't know what you thought about this when you saw it, but I mean, for me, at least it, it's kind of the same reaction I've had to a lot of stuff. Um, that we've seen from this movie so far, which is that if it doesn't blow me away, at least it feels like it, you know, it fits. It looks like Star Wars. It looks good. Like it's going to fit in with the story and with the universe. And especially knowing what we know about the new Stormtrooper helmets and sort of the, the sleeker, more modern look that they've got. I think this this uh, TIE pilot helmet looks you know, right in line with that as well. Yeah, pretty much with you there. I mean, it's still going to look cool. <laughs> I mean, it's not to look exactly like either the Stormtrooper or this design. But the feeling I got from looking at this sketch is like it feels more like the old Stormtrooper helmet than the new Stormtrooper helmets do. <laughs> it's like it's definitely different from the previous TIE Fighter helmets. The TIE Fighter helmets were kind of 
in the same vein as Stormtrooper helmets a little bit. But this one seems more just like a black Stormtrooper, a Stormtrooper helmet painted black with like some new like edges that are on the top of the helmet and like the breathing tubes in there, which sets it apart. But I did have get more of a classic Stormtrooper feel from this sketch anyway. So I'm kind of like what you're saying. His previous sketch of the Stormtrooper helmet was kind of close, but still noticeably different. So probably going to expect something the same like this, where you look at it and go, okay, I can kind of see where he was going with that, but yet it still looks different. So mostly, hopefully, we'll get a reveal of what the TIE Fighter will look like pretty soon. Maybe that will be on the poster. Just a TIE Fighter helmet. (laughs) (laughs) Highly doubtful. Yeah, and then, I mean, Mike, have you seen this? I don't know if you uh, follow Uh, these. Yeah, yeah, I I took a quick glance at it, but, uh, I mean, like you said... His his initial sketch of the of the new Stormtrooper helmet was close, but not quite. So I'll just wait. Uh, uh, like I, I'm not going to pour over his his sketch of it because I think even uh, there's like a T-shirt design that he did of like the it's like clone trooper helmet to uh, to yeah. Episode Seven trooper helmet, and uh, even his clone trooper and stormtrooper helmets aren't quite exact and he's got lots of reference for those like his clone trooper helmets are easier are are better but they're a little bit easier to draw um i guess that's anecdotal that's that's my opinion right but um they're they're a little bit more sleek and a little bit bit simpler with straight lines than the stormtrooper helmets are but um especially those the new ones are very hard to draw i i'm interested to see what will happen with the comic books and with with artists, uh, I think that there are some artists out there who can do a very good job of it. Uh, I think that Phil Noto, uh, that his the the fan art that he did the day after the 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 teaser came out, uh, his version of the helmet looks fantastic. But I think that a lot of fan art versions of the helmet are actually a little bit they're off, right? And I think it's just because they're so new, and we've only seen them in like these couple of contexts right we saw those leaked photos and then uh, i don't know that those were necessarily actually leak leaked i think that those were intentionally leaked mm-hmm. but uh, we saw those and then we now we've seen them in the trailer but until we kind of get action figures in our hands and can kind of pour over them with the kind of detail that, that costumers do um it's going to be a little while before anybody's drawing them perfectly right but but they they are very difficult i've found um personally I think that they're that they're really hard to to draw. Yeah, and I mean, I could certainly understand that. I haven't even tried to draw them, but certainly some uh, some complex looking lines and shapes and stuff on there. Yeah, um, they're very they're very simple, and not in the same way that the clone helmets are simple. The clone helmets have like these very nice straight lines, um, a lot like Boba Fett's helmet, because obviously they are a lot like Boba Fett's helmet. Um, and Boba Fett is probably the easiest helmet to draw out of all the Star Wars ones. Oh, yeah. Because uh, it's really, there's like five shapes in there, tops, uh, to get something, like really three shapes, and you can get something that people will recognize as Boba Fett. Um, but the, uh, the the new Stormtrooper helmet is, is simple in a very different way. Um, it's very, there's not a lot of hard lines on it. So getting those line placements correct so that it, it, it implies the proper 3d aspects of it. It's very, very difficult. And I don't, I haven't really seen anybody nail it yet. That, like I said, that Phil Noto stuff, uh, his stuff is, is the closest so far that I've seen online. Um, but nobody, I don't, I don't think anybody is really like, perfectly captured those helmets yet so yeah um and then we've got uh 
another article from Star Wars Underworld. They're talking about some rumors about Andy Serkis's character in the film, what his role might end up being. Um, they're saying, yeah, I mean, we we know, and we talked about this earlier, that he's the one doing the voice from a trailer that, uh, you know, it sounds like some sort of, uh, you know, maybe a, a creepy, powerful old man or something like that. Um, but they're saying uh, that his character might basically look like an old man or a, a zombie, like almost risen from the dead. Um, so definitely sort of, you know, old and wrinkled and decrepit. And they're saying that uh, he's going to be sort of like the main villain, um, that uh, he's going to you know sort of be in communication with uh, Adam Driver's character, as well as uh, another character played by Don Hall Gleason, who, um, you know, in that context, you would probably assume would be another uh, villainous sort of character or maybe a, a hero that this villain is trying to turn to the dark side or something but um yeah i don't know just more more kind of speculation here that uh you know there's not a whole lot to go on but um i don't know tim was there anything else in here that sort of particularly stood out to you yeah not really i mean just the stuff that we were talking about earlier the possibilities of what andy circus can be of what his character can be i mean we talked about being like an ancient alien creature who's not necessarily with the dark side or light side or maybe he is like an ancient sith who's like risen from the dead that kind of intrigued me a little bit like what if the possibility is that Plagueis found a way to come back. I mean, who knows <laughs> if they're talking about ancient Sith and all that stuff. I'm still, my biggest wish is that they're are going to use an ancient Sith, that it's Darth Bane. <laughs> Maybe it'll be something with that. Who knows? But yeah, kind of the stuff where we still don't know exactly what Andy Serkis' character is going to be. But then this is what Donald Gleason's character was mentioned. Maybe possibly being a bad guy. And again, we mentioned this last few episodes, how he's the one actor we really haven't heard pretty much anything about. It's like maybe one of the first or second things where his name actually came up came up in one of the rumors. So who knows when we're going to find out what type of character he's going to be. Maybe it will be a, like an additional card, that picture they release. <laughs> That's another thing, too, we didn't talk about, too. How like um, the original set of cards were like in five waves with these like different colors and the ones that they did for the character names, there was the red and blue colors and there was like possibility or maybe they'll release more later on and like the green, I think like green, yellow or like the other color things from when the original star Wars movie came out. Hmm. So who knows, maybe it's a possibility down the line. That could be a way they reveal certain things like those throwback cards. So we'll see. Yeah, possibly. Well, you know, I'm thinking back to like one of the, the very few interviews that we've read with Don Hall Gleason, where I, I think this interview came out like right after it was announced that, uh, that he was part of the cast. Um, and of course, you know, everybody was all trying to interview everybody that was cast in star Wars and trying to be like, you know, what's it like to be in star Wars and how do you feel? And are you a big star Wars fan? And yada, yada, yada. Um, but I remember specifically they asked, you know, what it was going to be like for him to be in the movie or, or something about his character or something like that. And and he said something specifically about, like, you know, all I can say is that it's going to be hard, like, not saying anything about my character until the movie comes out or saying that he was going to have to keep a big secret or something like that, which at the time I was like, well, does that mean he's playing some sort of secretive character or does that just mean, you know, it's a big Star Wars movie, they know how much attention is on it and, like, nobody can say anything at this point because... You know, any of them would get in trouble if they spoiled anything about the story or their characters or anything like that. But I mean, all these months later, when we still have really nothing to go on, on as far as what he's going to be doing, I'm like, maybe, maybe there was something there about uh, you know him being a, a specifically secretive character. Yeah, maybe he might be the last one we find out about, <laughs> like when <laughs> we're actually sitting in the theater. <laughs> yeah, very possibly. Which again, I wouldn't mind because I. I Definitely. As much as I love pouring over all these rumors and stuff and talking about it on the podcast, you know, I, I still hope that there's a lot of stuff that surprises me when I see the movie yeah, for the first time. At least time. one thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, we've got more rumors, too, about uh, you know, Han and Leia's characters and where they might be. 
um, at the beginning of the film. Um, and again, this is stuff that we've kind of heard before and that we even talked about earlier on this podcast, but, uh, you know, it's that 30 years after the fact of, uh, the original trilogy that Han and Leia might not still be together or that the relationship might be kind of strained or something. Um, but that the new characters, uh, in the movie somehow, you know, come across Luke Skywalker's lightsaber, they take it to Han Solo and, uh, you know, Han obviously recognizes that it's Luke's and he gets concerned. And so then they go to Leia, who's like the head of the, the Republic or the Rebel Alliance or whatever sort of the good, uh, government faction, I guess, is going to be in this movie. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they meet with her and R2-D2 and C-3PO and then, uh, I don't know, talk about stuff, plan stuff, whatever, and she sends them on their way to go find Luke. Um, and again, this is, you know, it's, it's rumor, it's speculation, but it's, uh, not surprising if it is true. So, um, yeah, that's yeah. a big thing that's still up in the air. Like what's Han and Leia's relationship going to be? I mean, I'm sure a lot of people assume that they're just going to be married and they have the kids and all that. But the idea that they had like a falling out in the relationship, they never got married, but yet still had kids. So still going to be interesting to see what actually the relationship is going to be. I'm kind of leaning toward maybe it's not what we're expecting where they didn't get the happy ending where they were married, had kids, something happened where either their careers got in the way that different ideals that set them apart. And maybe this is the first time they'll meet in a long time since uh, Return of the Jedi or whatnot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely interested to find out like what exactly their relationship's going to be because I don't think it's what we're expecting. Yeah, which is, again, why I was thinking, like, maybe Ray is Luke's daughter instead of Han and Leia's. We don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, that, that'll, again, I think that'll be one of the things that'll be some sort of a surprise when we see it for the first time because, um, I mean, we're talking about how we, we haven't really heard much about Don Hall Gleason's character, but now that I think about it, we haven't really heard much about Leia's character yeah, either. True. I mean, aside from a few of these rumors that relate to, uh, you know, how she might interact with Han in the movie, but we've heard a ton of rumors that kind of go this same way, where the characters, the, the new characters, um, you know, the, the first uh, original trilogy character that they, think, that they meet up with as Han Solo and they go off on this adventure in the Millennium Falcon to try to find Luke and whatever. And we've heard endless amounts of rumors about where Luke might be in the movie. Like, is he in hiding? Is he a captive? Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Is he gone crazy in his isolation? All this kind of stuff. Haven't really heard much about Leia. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see uh, what part she plays in the movie. Yeah, just how big of a role, too. I have a feeling it's going to be the smallest out of the big three coming back for the episode seven. Yeah, I, I kind of get that feeling, too. But, um, and, yeah, as always, Tim, we've got more. Uh, actually, I think just is it just one uh, description of concept art from, from making Star Wars.net this week? Yeah, this was the one that kind of caught me or got my interest up or something that could be a little bit different than what we're expecting because on a previous episode we were talking about um, the possible concept art of them going to like a tree-like forest type planet where there's these like new native like alien species there that the store troopers are going to do battle with. But according to this new report for a concept art, we're kind of going back to the port and how things can change in the production of the movie. It looks like where this battle is supposed to take place between this new alien species and the store troopers actually might be the desert planet, which we're all kind of assuming is Tatooine, but still hasn't been confirmed. But It's Tatooine. It has to be. <laughs> and then that, what kind of caught me with this report about this concept art was that sounding like these actually, this new alien species, this might be updated or different versions of Tusken Raiders. Because a lot of the art he was describing was how a lot of it was kind of described as techno Tusken. Because <laughs> you see, they look like Tusken Raiders, but it's more like technological, like technology based, like. Uh, stuff on their suits and their masks and like these red vi- visors with these like red uh, 
kind of almost like a cyclops type thing is what I thought of when you were hmm. describing it with the visors with like a red beam in there. So I'm kind of, just kind of thinking that when I read this, well, maybe it's that thing that we were talking or mentioned earlier where there are stormtroopers going to have a battle on a forest planet with this new alien species. What if they changed it and now it's going to be actually Tusken Raiders, just a different form of Tusken Raiders or sand people that they're going to do battle with on Tatooine. So that that was interesting. Uh, I'm just kind of hoping we do get some type of battle where we see stormtroopers doing some damage. Because, you know, I talked about this with you, Kyle. I think you were on the trailer episode where we see them coming off that ship. It looks like they're about to do damage. And I just really want to see it and have them hit things and not just be cannon fodder for this new alien species mm. that's going to be on here, whether they're Tusken Raiders or these new aliens. So I'm hoping for a stormtrooper victory, whatever this scene plays out and whatever planet it's on. Yeah, we'll we'll see if that ends up being the case. But... Um, yeah, I mean, that, that does sound pretty cool though, with some new, uh, sort of upgraded Tusken Raiders with some new tech or something like that. Um, it is cool to see Tusken Raiders battle stormtroopers also. I mean, as much yeah. as, uh, those previous reports of those alien creatures sounded cool, like more like jungle, like tall alien creatures that we've never seen in Star Wars before, but then having them fight Tusken Raiders, that could be pretty cool to see too. And there could still be room for both. Who knows? Yeah, but this sounded too similar. I don't think they'd have two sequences like that where mm-hmm. they're on a forest planet, they fight a new alien species, and then on a desert planet, they fight either Tusken Raiders or a new species that looks like Tusken Raiders. So I have a feeling it changed to the desert planet, but again, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, well, you, you uh, obviously want to see them get slaughtered like animals. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Better um, than the stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah, all right. So that's been uh, all the episode seven news and rumors and stuff for this episode. Um, and then just a couple more things before we finish up here. We've got some uh, some new information about the Star Wars theme parks. And I think, uh, Mike, maybe you touched, touched on this a little bit earlier in the episode. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, Bob Iger was talking some more about uh, their, their plans for this big Star Wars expansion that they're going to be doing at the Disney parks and uh, saying how at first um, they, they were thinking that they were just going to build the expansion based off of, uh, you know, episodes one through six. And if they had started when Disney bought Lucasfilm, like, they probably could have that thing uh, ready to go pretty soon. Um, like we could be riding new star Wars rides at Disneyland next year during celebration or something like that. But then he said they decided to to hold off and wait and see what was going to be in development for episode seven. And uh, I think he said they even know what the story is going to be for episode eight at this point. And so now they can go ahead and start building based off some of the new stuff. Now that they have uh, a little bit better of an idea of what that's going to be like. And he said that, uh, you know, he didn't want, these new rides and everything to be coming out right around the time that episode seven came out. And then people go see the movie. They get all excited. They know it's owned by Disney. So they go to Disney world and think, Oh, there's going to be some cool star Wars stuff here. And it's all episodes one through six. And they think, Oh, well, how come there's nothing based on the the new movie that I just saw? So um, that's why, you know, we haven't heard a whole lot of uh, official development stuff about all these new star Wars rides, even though we know that this is happening. Um, there, there hasn't been a whole lot of progress made on it yet because they've been waiting to see how the new movies are going to shape up. So now that they have a little bit of an idea about that, it sounds like, uh, you know, in the next couple of years or so, they'll start making more progress on these. And then we'll get to, uh, you know, get to go on some new rides that are based off of, uh, the new movies as well as still keeping some of the original trilogy stuff yeah. as well. I mean, my thought is basically they can build as many new roller coasters and spaceship rides and simulators, whatever else they're going to do based on, you know, the, the space battles and stuff like that in the new movies, as long as I still get to eat in a Moss Eisley cantina restaurant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. That's, me. that's all I want to see. 
I do. I, I think a lot of their their initial plans are still moving forward. I just think that that some things are being adapted for episode seven. So that's one of the one of the things that sort of put it on hold. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I think we're still gonna see a walk through Millennium Falcon where the uh, where the um, what's the, the Carousel of Progress the the what's it called the. Uh, so it's called something different now, but um, the in the Tomorrowland, right, right, right. Uh, in, in Tomorrowland, in Disneyland, where the you know you go through the home of the future, or whatever they're doing, they've got all that Marvel stuff in there right now um, because they don't know what to do with that area. And I think that in the next year, we're going to see that leveled and turned into Star Wars stuff because it's actually a pretty significant chunk of land. Um, so between that. Autopia, and then uh, the Tomorrowland Terrace, already primarily being a Star Wars area. It's that's kind of like this big chunk out of Disneyland. I don't know about Disney World necessarily, but I think Disneyland. You can see uh, if you look at Autopia, the Tomorrowland Terrace, and the uh, Interventions. That's what it's called. Uh, it's one sort of like a triangle area that that will get turned into basically a star wars land within tomorrowland and i do think that we're going to see the tomorrowland terrace become most icely um uh, it, it might be it might not necessarily be specifically the most icely cantina i think it might actually be more in line with the episode seven locations that we're going to see that have all of the um the big sort of uh like the sail barge uh a tented area because i think that that would actually be kind of perfect for that area, um, I, I could see them turning it into that, but but who knows? I mean, the the one of the things with Disneyland and with with the Disney parks in general is that um, they are literally able to do whatever they want. Um, that they, they can pull off things that you would not imagine in a million years could be done in real life, and they do them. So, like that's what Disney does. So. Uh, you know, it's kind of in the best hands possible when it comes to that sort of thing, which means that they can do whatever they want. And we don't really know a lot about the episode seven locations and how, how many of them would be perfect for a theme park. Uh, we know a lot about classic trilogy and, and prequel locations that could be turned into pre into theme park attractions. But, but there might be some stuff in, in, in the force awakens and in episode eight and who like this is what I keep saying this. We don't even know what the standalone movie is and it's it's two years away. Right. Like yeah. we don't even know what it's called. We don't know what it's about. We knew more about episode seven at this point than we do about that. And everybody's ignoring it because they're just focused on The Force Awakens. So who knows what's going to be in that? Um it might not be focusing on something that we already know, like I think we're all expecting. It might be just a completely new, totally random Star Wars story set in that universe. So maybe there's all sorts of crazy theme park stuff that could happen in in that movie as well that they know about because that was one of the things that Iger said. He said, now that the uh, information is starting to come out about Episode Seven, and we're starting to develop the other films we have ideas, right? Like we know what we're going to do. And that to me says that there's at least an episode eight idea in there and, uh, and, and, and something to do with one of the, the standalones. So 
So who knows? But I'm sure whatever they're going to do, it's going to be awesome. More Star Wars at the parks is only a good thing. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I remember when I read this, I was like, oh, it's a little disappointing that they're not going to do new stuff with the prequels and the original trilogy. But then after I thought to myself, you know, there's going to be plenty of cool stuff we're going to see, not just in Episode 7, but the movies beyond that. So that's going to make for, like you said, my great stuff for either rides or just other attractions. So, yeah. Look, this time time next year, we're going to be like, prequel what? Who cares? (laughs) There's Episode 7 in four days right like we're, we're gonna by the time that that stuff actually hits the prequels are gonna be old news dude like they, they're they're gonna be basically wiped from our memories with how awesome these new movies are gonna be uh hopefully it won't go that far it's wiped <laughs> from our memories because i just i'm just thinking that too like if We've, we're talking about Kyle, we want to have like, like the cantina, but what if we get something better than the cantina in episode seven that would make for a great restaurant or whatever? So, yeah, it's, it's the fact that they're just going to focus on these new movies. It's, it's smart business wise, like you said, but at the same time, too, it could probably going to make for some cool stuff also. So, yeah, can't wait I, to see what they're going to give us. I don't know. Even if they have a cooler looking cantina, it's going to be hard to top the music. That's true. Well, they could have play different songs. You could have the Cantina song, Latinec on there, the whatever new song is <laughs> playing in the new trilogy. It could be like a jukebox or something in there. <laughs> yeah, who knows? But no, it'll definitely be something to check out when uh, when that comes out. Um, and speaking of Disney parks, they've also uh, announced the the weekends for Star Wars weekends at Disney World. Yeah, it's still just in Disney World, but um, yeah. for for summer of twenty fifteen. Um, and I think they might have added an extra one this time because, from what I remember, they're usually four weekends, but they've got five this time. Um, and I mean, maybe they did that last year or something too. But I know I've been there twice, and I think both times it was only for four weekends. But uh, the the first one they've got is May fifteenth through seventeenth, and then uh, the twenty second through the twenty fourth, the twenty ninth through the thirty first, June fifth through seventh, and June twelfth through fourteenth of twenty fifteen. Um, it's going to be when they're having Star Wars weekends at uh, at Hollywood Studios in Disney World in Florida. So, um, and if you if you live in the area or you're planning on taking a big vacation or something next year, and you want to be at Disney World and hear Star Wars music playing over the loudspeakers and see Darth Vader and stormtroopers and Mace Windu and Chewbacca and everybody else walking around signing autographs and stuff, I mean that's always a, a fun time and a, a really cool thing to see if you're a Star Wars fan. So. Um, yeah, there's that coming up next year. Um, of course, we'll all be excited about uh, you know, Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, which is around the same time, but a month before that all starts. Um, I'm sure the kind of this cool stuff we get for The Force Awakens will probably, I'm sure, make its way down to Star Wars Weekend and some of the stuff they have there. Yeah, yeah, as well as I'm sure probably some Star Wars Rebel stuff and stuff like that, because oh, yeah. they always used to have you know, Clone Wars sneak peeks and stuff like that every year. Um, also speaking of Clone Wars, we've got, uh, the cover art reveal for Star Wars Dark Disciple, the, the new novel that's coming out with Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress, um, looks pretty darn cool. I think it's, uh, just this black yeah. and white image of, of Quinlan Voss sort of facing you and the uh, Asajj Ventress, like with her back to you. Um, they both got lightsabers ignited, which is interesting because Quinlan, the, the, the image is black and white, except for like some red in the background, but then there are like a couple hints of color in here, like the the painted stripe or whatever that Quinlan boss has going across his face. That's yellow. His lightsaber is green. And then Ventress's lightsaber is yellow instead of, you know, the, the usual red ones that she carries around even after she's no longer Dooku's apprentice. So, um, I mean, you know, maybe they did it just to, to make it stand out on the cover apart from the, the red that they've already got in the background, but it seems to more sort of imply that maybe she, uh, 
is trying to even further distance herself from the Sith and build herself a new lightsaber. Because also, I'm looking at the the handle here, and this doesn't even look like uh, yeah, right. like her old ones. Yeah, that's a good point too. I didn't really notice with or look at the handle when originally looking at it. Now that you said it, yeah, it's totally nothing like it. And yeah, I just wonder. I mean, we're gonna find out when we read the book, but what's well, we do know that in the Clone Wars, she lost her lightsabers when Ferris took him, so there's an explanation right there. And I'm sure she wouldn't want to, I guess, if she's moving away from Dooku and her apprentice, that she totally wants to move away from, like, being associated with the Sith and the Red and all that. So I'm sure she just decided to go with the generic color, I guess. Unless she found a rare kyber crystal or it's yellow instead of green, so I don't know. But I agree with you where the cover is definitely cool. So, just, again, just makes you more excited for wanting to find out the story when it actually comes out because <laughs> everyone knows as a fan of the Clone Wars that Ventress was a great character whose story arc was left just uh, not quite finished and left hanging a little bit. So <laughs> definitely can't wait to find out. Yeah, of course, the the only disappointing thing here is like we're, we're trying to analyze these you know costumes and lightsabers and stuff. And normally we would say, oh, well, we'll, we'll see how it looks in the finished episode. But mm. unfortunately not. But, uh, yeah, definitely can't wait to read this book. I don't know if we had an official release date before, but it's coming out uh, July 7th, 2015. So um, that'll definitely be, I know, one for for us to mark on our calendars. Yeah, definitely. Um, After all, the two other great books, too. Yeah. (laughs) Or potentially great books, Heir of the Jedi and Lords of the Sith. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to, to Lords of the Sith as well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, before we wrap up here, we're just going to talk about uh, a couple Star Wars Rebels related things, which is uh, your expertise, area of expertise here, Mike. But um, <laughs> we've got uh, two new episode titles for the first two episodes that we're going to get after the new year starts, uh, Path of yeah. the Jedi and then Idiot's Array, which I kind of saw was like, huh, that's an interesting name. But then uh, I guess the, the guys at Rebels Report pointed out that um, the Idiot's Array is like a – it was something in the EU that they – it was like a term for a rare hand in a game of Sabacc. So it, immediately when I saw that, I was like, oh, so we've been hearing all these rumors about Billy D. Williams and possibly seeing Lando on the show. And uh, if that ends up happening, I bet that would be in this episode. I know. They still haven't announced that yet, but you get the feeling that if, the, if that is what the title is referring to, to Sabacc, like a rare hand, that makes sense that that could be where <laughs> that episode's leading to. So it'd be cool if it is, because I think it's pretty safe to assume that Lando's going to be coming making appearance in Rebels. Yeah, and I mean, on the other hand, this could be something completely different, but, like, it's an odd name, um, you know, Idiot's Array. I'm like, that's a, a weird name for an episode. So if it already you know, has something specific to do with, uh, you know, something as specific as, like, a hand in the game of Sabacc, which we know, like, that's how Lando lost the Millennium Falcon. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe we'll... Uh, in fact... I don't know if we even thought about this before, but like, what if we see Lando lose the Falcon to Han in this show? Uh, <laughs> and that I think that's cool. highly unlikely. Yeah, but it would be cool. But... Highly unlikely, but because we'll see. I don't think we'll see Han get involved with uh, with the Rebel Alliance at this point. But it's like, I mean, if these characters are going to run into Lando at some point, maybe you know we see Han like a, a cameo of Han just walking out of the cantina with his heap of credits and the keys to the Falcon or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, that that take away, I think if Han's going to be it, it's going to take away from the, like, the, the coolness of Billy Williams coming back from. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. Land over Rebels, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm definitely not expecting to see Han in there, but... Um, or maybe that's how Lando gets the Falcon and then he loses it not too long afterward. <laughs> it's still Han. <laughs> and that would not be fun for him. 
but uh, especially if you get that type of shit, but then you lose it right after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, so I mean, we've just got those two new uh, episode titles. Not really anything to go on there as far as descriptions or anything like that. But uh, I think it, the show comes back what January fifth, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, just two or three more weeks now until we start getting new episodes of Rebels on a weekly basis again. Um, and even, I mean, with the, the way that they're releasing them early online through, uh, like the watch Disney XD app and stuff like that, I'm wondering if the, the first new episode that's going to come out on January 5th, that that'll actually be released on what, December 29th or something like that, whatever would be the, the week ahead of time. So, um, I don't know, keep an eye out for that. I haven't heard any announcements about it or anything, but, uh, that might just unexpectedly pop up out there. Um, and then lastly, uh, they announced that the season two premiere of Star Wars Rebels will be showing at Celebration Anaheim for the first time. Um, and so will we. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and yeah, we, we all just found out this past week, I think last Thursday or Friday or something, that we all got approved for our media passes. So we will yep. be there at Celebration Anaheim. Super excited for that. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll definitely be doing at least one episode from there. Um, depending on how much stuff we see, we might have to do an episode every night or something like that, but, uh, definitely <laughs> we'll keep you guys posted on all the, the awesome stuff that's going on there. But yeah, so in addition to whatever new episodes have been in trailer or clips or anything like that, that we're going to get to see, we're also going to get to see the first episode of season two of star Wars rebels, which is awesome, but kind of surprising, um, just based on sort of the timing of it. Um, it wouldn't be surprising if you're listening to the Rebels podcast where I've laid out exactly how this timing is going to work. You know, I think I did listen to, to the episode where you talked about that. Yeah, um, it, it makes perfect sense with the way that Disney does stuff. They don't follow the the yearly seasons. And because these seasons are only 16 episodes long, I really these two seasons will play almost like one season. It's a, mm-hmm. this, the finale that we'll have coming up in the second half of, of season one will actually probably be more like a mid season finale than, uh, than anything. And then, and then we'll come back probably in May, um, with new episodes, May or June with new episodes, go another two or three months, uh, and then, and then take another break and then come back again towards the end of the year, right around the same time that everybody's going nuts for star Wars, the force awakens. It, it makes perfect marketing sense because they want kids watching the movie, the, the TV show in anticipation of the movie, because what they can do then is put all sorts of advertisements for toys and blah, 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 whatever within the movie. Or within within Rebels for for The Force Awakens because Rebels isn't on a traditional network, right? It's on Disney XD, which the majority of commercials on Disney XD are actually for other Disney XD programs or Disney related things. So like going to the theme park, whatever, right? The the things that make mm-hmm. them a lot of money. So uh, it makes perfect sense to to basically air Rebels. And just put wall-to-wall commercials for The Force Awakens yeah. <laughs> uh, and Star Wars Rebels and whatever other uh, shows that, that that are centered at that demographic. So um, it, 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 I mark my words. This is another one of my guarantees. That's how we're going to see this play out. We'll have, we'll have most of three seasons by the end of, of the year, I think. But, yeah, well, I mean, that, that does sort of make sense just in terms of the timing of uh of when we're we're getting to see this like we saw the the premiere of season five of clone wars at celebration six Mm -hmm. back in 
what was that, 2012, and that was, uh, but that convention was in August, and then that, uh, you know, the episode aired on TV, like, September, um, yep. so it was just, like, a month ahead of time, and, I mean, I know the, the scheduling and everything with the, the episodes and the seasons is different with Rebels, where they're doing, you know, just 16 episodes instead of the full uh, 22 or whatever that they used to do with Clone Wars, but, um, and, and I don't watch a whole lot of other animated shows on TV. In fact, Clone Wars was pretty much the only uh, one that I watched, like, regularly on a weekly basis, and then there are a couple other, like, animated DC series and stuff that I've watched online, um, but I haven't really followed sort of the, the scheduling of, like, how they how they release those um, you know, in the schedule during the year and stuff. And so I'm sort of used to Clone Wars being on the same, uh, the same schedule that, uh, a lot of the, you know, network dramas and stuff are on where it comes on September, October, goes till December, you know, takes a break, comes back and goes like January through March or April or something like that. Um, and so, you know, and then, and then takes off for the summer and comes back in, in the fall. And so I was like, with the premiere of, you know, we're going to get to see the premiere of Rebels in April, but then there's going to be like a three or four month break before it airs in the fall, or are they going to air it sooner and have the, you know, have season two go over the summer? Um, I, I don't know exactly how they do it, but I do know, um, I mean, kind of vaguely remember from watching some cartoons when I was younger that um, some of these animated series don't always follow the same programming, that they'll have, you know, seasons of like, 30 or 40 episodes that yeah. just kind of keep going. So um, uh, I definitely wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if they do something different like that here. And yeah. it, pro- it, it yeah. seems more likely that that's going to be the case rather than we get to see the, the premiere like four months before it airs. Cause why would they have it done that far ahead of time? Ninja Turtles has basically had seasons by uh, two and three, both air this year within yeah. 2014. Um, and season three is not done yet, but it's about halfway through. And uh, I, they'll probably finish up the, the second half of next year. Or sorry, the second half at the beginning of next year. Um, but yeah, I, I expect them to follow that that same schedule. That's why we're getting 16 episode seasons instead of 22 episode seasons. Because it'll allow them to, to tell a more compact story in like these sort of bite-sized chunks rather than longer seasons. And it also means that Disney gets to make more money off of Blu-rays because just because it's only 16 episodes doesn't mean that they're not going to charge you the same amount as they would have for 22. (laughs) So those Blu-rays are going to be 30 or $40 regardless and with less, uh, with less investment. So, so I, I guarantee that, that, that this is the way that things are going to go. Well, regarding the premiere at Celebration Anaheim, I just got to say, regardless, well, it's not too big of a surprise for me. Just going by what you guys said for how awesome the Clone Wars premiere was yeah. for Celebration 6, I can't wait to be there for yeah. the season 2 premiere of Rebels. It's going to be awesome. Just another thing to be excited for for Celebration. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Now, I don't know if it'll be as quite as awesome as that Clone Wars premiere was at, uh, at Celebration 6 unless we see something really awesome like I don't know, Darth Vader and Boba Fett and a whole fleet of X-Wings show up or something. Cause, um, I mean, I, I've, I've said this before, the most awesome part about that premiere at celebration six was not the premiere episode of season five. Although that was also awesome and got a, a huge fan reaction. It was like at the end of the panel when Dave Filoni was done talking and we were all tired and wanted to go home and thought the night was over. And then he was like, oh, hey, you guys want to see the trailer for the rest of the season? And, yeah. like, we weren't expecting it. And then we were like, yes, yes, show it to us. And then in that trailer, you see the the shot where Darth Sidious ignites his lightsaber to fight Darth Maul. 
and then he ignites another one and we all just lost it so and steve goes are you freaking kidding me (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Oh, yeah, who knows what we get? Like, we'll probably get us like a big season two trailer after this episode too. So, and yeah, who knows how season one's going to end? It can end with something big and unexpected, where you just can't wait to see the season two premiere, and then we get totally. this awesome episode followed by an awesome trailer for the rest of the season. So, yeah, man, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, and then I mean, they also announced it in addition to the uh, the premiere episode. Of course, there's also going to be a, a big panel there with Dave Filoni and the cast and crew. Um, you know, all the main actors, uh, you know, Freddie Prince Jr., Vanessa Marshall, Steve Bloom, all those guys can be talking about the show and uh, probably giving us some more sneak peeks about what's coming up in season two. So that'll be awesome. Something definitely, definitely uh, something to look forward to. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all the stuff we're going to cover for this episode. But um, man, just looking forward to that celebration is going to be so cool. Because it's like all the stuff we're looking forward to right now and just kind of speculating about it. It's like we'll actually get to see some of that, uh, you know, come to life for the first time. So should be really cool. Um, Tim, you got uh, a couple emails to read before we wrap up here, right? Yeah, but Mike, I know you got you said, <laughs> I said you got to go right now. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to take off and you guys can read your emails. But uh, oh, okay. thank you. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I cool. really appreciate it. Well, thanks for joining us. You know, we'll have to uh, get together more often now that, uh, I mean, yeah, we've been doing 50 episodes. I think we've only had like one guest on before this. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's been great having you on and just sort of getting getting some of your perspective on some of the stuff that we always talk about, you know, the episode seven trailers Mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff. It's been fun. So glad you could join us and we will uh, look forward to the next time we can do it again. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, And I'll just give some plugs before I go. Uh, As as always – uh, you guys know uh, rebelspodcast.com. Uh, that's where you can find the Rebels podcast with Matt and I uh, breaking down each and every episode of Star Wars Rebels and talking a little bit of Star Wars news as well. Um, so you can get our opinions over there. Uh, but uh, if you are a Clone Wars fan and you've never listened to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, the entire 138 episode archive is over at Clone Wars podcast. Dot com and it's a I, I don't know I've I've heard from people that it's a pretty good companion piece to the Clone Wars series so if you're just now on Netflix going back and watching all of the Clone Wars uh, maybe maybe uh, I give our old podcast a listen and uh, and and check those out um, I also have another podcast that is not Star Wars related which is uh, Quiver the Green Arrow podcast all about the uh, the CW show Arrow and you can find that at quiverpodcast.com. Uh, but for Star Wars fans in particular, uh, I got to plug my webcomic Kenobi and Me, which is at KenobiAndMe.com, um, where uh, where I just draw silly comics about me and Obi-Wan Kenobi hanging out and uh, just, just doing stuff. <laughs> Nothing in particular, just kind of being pals. But uh, that's uh, – oh, I almost forgot Pullbox Podcast, which is my most recent one. Uh, I always, I always almost forget it, um, <laughs> which, uh, is a, it's about comic books, um, and not necessarily new comic books. So it's not really a news thing, but it's more so, uh, it's, it's kind of like a, a comic book book club, graphic novel book club is what we call it. Um, where, uh, Curtis and I, uh, and my co-host and I, uh, we pick comics every month 
uh, and we read them and then come back at the end of the month and, and discuss those comics uh, that we read. So it's kind of like a book club in that way. Um, but the really cool thing is that uh, I pick a comic, Curtis picks a comic, and then we actually have our listeners pick the third. Uh, so so the listeners are really involved in uh, in that show and uh, and sort of like integral to the conversation. So that's pullboxpodcast.com. And uh, if you're a comic book fan, I urge you to check that out as well. Yeah, cool stuff. All right, so you got Frontlines, Rebels, Quiver, and Pullbox. You're like the general grievous of podcasting, Mike. You got four arms going on at once. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, Frontlines isn't really going anymore, right? Like Frontlines well, right, turned right. into Rebels. Yeah, so. Tim and I had the honor of being on the very last episode of yeah. Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, which is kind of how we both got into podcasting in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it, like it's it's really only three podcasts, and and Pullbox we only do once a month, so uh, it's a uh, it's 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 it sounds like a lot more than it actually is. <laughs> yeah, well, cool stuff, man. Uh, yeah, thanks again for joining us. Um, yeah, no problem. It's been great having you, and we will uh, look forward to the next time we get together and uh, see you definitely at celebration next year, if not before then. Yes, definitely. So, all right, take care, Mike. Okay, cool, later, Mike. You guys. All right, so, uh, yeah, Tim, before we wrap up here, you want to go ahead and read those emails now? Yeah, we got one from uh, Adrian who sent us his reaction from our last episode regarding the teaser trailer, and he goes on to say, Hi, Kyle and Tim. Congrats on getting to episode 50. Just listen to 50, 49, and 48. Listen to them in reverse order as I wanted to hear about the trailer first. <laughs> yeah, can't really blame you for that because once you see that trailer, you just want to talk and hear other people talk about it, so that's cool. Wasn't that trailer fantastic? I loved it. It was all new this, new that, and they don't worry. Here's a classic. The new saber does look cool, so I don't care if it's unsafe for the wielder. Aren't they all really? John B. looked cool in armor, and Daisy R. looked very much a mix of Padme and Leia. Oscar I. made a great X-Wing pilot. Not sure if the saber wielder was Gwen C. or Adam D., but we'll find out. Which now looks like it's more than probably going to be Adam Driver. And then he goes on to say, also, my girlfriend pointed out that we are getting a more modern Star Wars. The first characters we see are a minority and then a woman. Much more progressive than even the prequels, right? Even the clone Maori Bando army is still an army of minority cannon fodder. Well, I don't know about that. Stormtroopers are cannon fodder. Clone troopers, they put up a fight. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like putting yeah, clone troopers in the cannon fodder category. <laughs> he says, and those X-Wings over the water, gorgeous shots. Got a little choked up when the Falcon showed up, of course. Talk about a perfect teaser. Just keep watching it along with some of the fake trailers. Do you all remember that fake episode one trailer with lightsabers photoshopped into a battle scenes from Braveheart? As long as it's good, I'll <laughs> take the fake trailers. I actually do remember that one, but I think it was actually an episode two trailer, if I remember right. It actually wasn't that bad. I don't know. I haven't watched it since then, so maybe it doesn't hold up. But before we got the first episode two uh, trailer, I remember being, oh, this is actually pretty good. Then he concludes by saying, looking forward to the full trailer, maybe with Avengers 2 for your 75th or 60th episode. Then he just says, later, Adrian. Well, thanks for the email, Adrian. Glad you were as excited about the trailer as we were. I mean, we were talking about this uh, a little bit where it's like, if you're a Star Wars fan, how can you not be excited about this trailer? So <laughs> it's good to see more enthusiasm for it. And then we got another email from our faithful listener, Brian Bailey. He goes, hey, Tim and Kyle, JJ is quickly becoming an expert in the Star Wars reveal methodology. The more we know, the more questions we have. How cool would it be to get a set of the Force Awakens character cards at Celebration Anaheim? Pretty cool, huh? That actually would be pretty cool if they had like this exclusive ones that they're handing out randomly, and then it's kind of rare if you get one. <laughs> yeah, and we're trying to like trade them all and see like yeah. what other characters are going to be in it. 
and there'll be one new card that reveals like a new character or the name of a new character or something that we don't know about and everyone will be frantically looking for it. <laughs> he goes on to say, obviously Ray and Finn's name stood out because their names were released without their surnames, leading most to suspect that their surnames contain relational spoilers. Is Ray actually Ray Solo, as most have speculated since the cast was announced the day of the table read in April? Is Finn actually Finn Leonis or Finn Calrissian or even Finn Antilles? Speaking of Ray, I was a little sad that Ray wasn't Kira. I had become comfortable with Kira and liked the homage to Akira Kurosawa. Some have questioned if Kylo is actually a title and Ren, and Ren is the Sith character's actual name. Could the surname and Ren and could Ren and Ray as siblings instead of Jason and Jaina? The character announcement did put to rest my speculation that Gwendolyn Christie is playing the Sith character in the teaser with the words "his lightsaber." The other name that drew some attention was BB-8. Many have already fallen in love with the new ball droid. And he said, mentions the guy who got the tattoo already, which is like the day, I think, after the trailer, maybe the day of. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, BB-8 does fit into the new Star Wars universe well, but I found, but what I was found of, ah, can't even read, but I was fond of the fan-suggested name R-O-T-8, considering it's a ball that rolls. And in the announcement, J.J. did say there is some significance to the numbers on the new cards. Ray's number 74 corresponds with Luke's card from 1977. The X-Wings in formation number 88 corresponds to X-Wings preparing for Death Star Trench Run from 1977. Forget if anyone else has discovered more similarities. That's interesting because, yeah, we didn't touch on this too much where how J.J. did say in that entertainment article that there is some significance to how they're numbered. And I couldn't do too much like, much as I wanted to as far as looking in and like, investigating what that can mean. But I was just thinking that maybe it was like, this is some random thought. Like, if, is it a sequence of how like the scenes are going to play out in the movie or something? Like the earliest the numbers are going to reflect like the early scenes, but uh, Brian's on a good point here where this makes more sense where the, actually the numbers correspond to the old star Wars cards, where if Ray's number 74, which is Luke's from 1977, then maybe she's going to be the main character. And the same thing with other characters who numbers reflect. So, or maybe she's going to be Ray Skywalker instead of Ray. Solo. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a good connection. Though. I think that's one that makes more sense how they're the same numbers on the past card and just speculate away as far as what exactly the connection will be. But Good call out that, Brian. Then he says, um, then he talks about how the story we were talking about at Star Wars Underworld with uh, the rumors of Andy Serkis, possibly like a zombie or someone who looks like he was half dead and brought back. And he says that um, if Serkis is indeed playing the CGI bad guy, a master of puppets, someone pulling the strings and attempt to take advantage of the resurgent of force sensitive children, he goes on to say how he kind of wants it to be Darth Plagueis, where <laughs> he's hoping that the bring back the master Palpatine ups the stakes to tie in with the sequel trilogy to the origins of the prequels. Then he goes on to say the reason why he'd like it to be because of the uh, Chekhov guns uh, premise, where it's the uh, theory that you shouldn't like leave anything, like any story or plot idea left on the table, make sure that everything that you mentioned happens and gets fulfilled. So he pretty much wants to see, since Plagueis was introduced in Revenge of the Sith and so that he could create life, he wants to see that fulfilled. And just like, how is he, like, how can you not use that once you brought that on the table in the mm -hmm. Star Wars canon? So I'm hoping for Bane. He's hoping for Plagueis. <laughs> Maybe one of us will be right. If there is an ancient Sith, that it'll be, end up being one of them. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think Plagueis would be cool. I also yeah. think even if, you know, like if he never shows up, it's not really leaving something on the table because they're referencing a character who existed before the prequel trilogy and they, they're kind of just using that as, uh, you know, Palpatine's using that as sort of bait to, to lure Anakin to the dark side with the story of, uh, you know, his, his master who could save people from death. But 
Um, yeah, I mean, still, I, I think that would be cool. I, I would rather see Plagueis return in this movie than see Palpatine return because Plagueis is the one that we associate with that search for immortality. Yeah, that's a good point too. Like, it makes more sense for him to come back as some as an ancient Sith to come back to life since, like you said, he was trying to figure out how to create life to live forever. Where Bane, he just wanted the legacy of the Sith to continue, not necessarily him live forever. So that's a good point too. But I just like Bane as a character better, so <laughs> that's why I'm hoping for him. <laughs> so yeah, he concludes by saying that uh, he's just curious to hear our thoughts and reactions, which hopefully we just gave you right now. And <laughs> just says thanks and have a great week. And that P.S. In case we are wondering. We are down to just 26 days until the baby Padawan is due. Got most of our ducks in a row preparing a welcome home for her. The nest is nested, ready to meet her for the first time. And this month is going to fly by. Yeah, just 26 days. Uh, it's going to be here before you know it, <laughs> Brian. You're going to be a proud new uh, father to a Jedi Padawan. So congr- <laughs> early congratulations to there. And then just wish everything goes uh, well for you when uh, the baby arrives. So looking forward to hearing the update when uh, uh, she actually is part of your family. So congratulations. Yeah, definitely. Um, and thanks to, to both you guys for sending me those emails and sharing your thoughts and everything. Um, as always, we love hearing from our listeners. Um, you know what? We're, we're just about done for this episode, but Tim, you started us off, so you want to finish us out? Yeah, it would only be appropriate. <laughs> so if you want to send us emails like Brian and Agent did, you can just go ahead and send us to um, Star Wars. Uh, see, I'm already confusing myself with other stuff since I heard this is my first time doing the outro. <laughs> <laughs> it's Star Wars TSC at gmail.com. But our website is Star Wars TSC.com. I was going to miss the .com with the gmail.com. But so, yeah, go to the site for check out all the stories that come out. And then you can follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC which is where we have a lot of great interactions with our followers and listeners to the shows on there about random Star Wars topics. So definitely check us out there. Give us a follow. Then also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Star Wars. The saga continues. And then also on iTunes. If you listen to podcasts there, you listen to our show on iTunes, go ahead and give us a review. Uh, your feedback would be greatly appreciated. So those are the places you can find us on. And like Kyle said, we love interacting with you guys. So email, Twitter, Facebook, yeah, just go ahead and give us a shout out on there and, follows and interact with us and yeah we'll interact with you because we love talking star wars it's obvious by the long podcast discussions we have on our absolutely yeah all right yeah so that's going to be it for this episode thank you guys for tuning in thanks again to michael cohen for being on here as a guest and uh you know sharing his thoughts and everything with us um we will see you guys next time and may the force be with you see you next time everybody